This podcast replay is brought to you by Sloman's Home Security. The first 40 Big O listeners right now, dial 1-800-ALARM-ME, will get this limited-time offer, a free doorbell camera that connects directly to your smartphone with installation of your Sloman's Shield. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME. Keep your family safe. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME. Good morning, boys and girls. Yes, sir. Welcome aboard to the program, the one that is driven and mastered by the man, the myth, the legend that is Sean Stanley. I am Orlando Alzigari. We are ready to rock for a couple of hours here on the program. Then we will get on a plane and head off to Indianapolis. We'll be there this evening. Have a little fun. Maybe we'll uh, hook up with uh, some of the indie folks uh, maybe Thursday. Let's see, maybe a, a Thursday afternoon. If uh, any of the folks out there living in the indie area got to pick a, a restaurant or somewhere, a sports bar or something to uh, to hook up at. So uh, if you're in the indie area, make sure you uh, DM me because I know a couple of you have been uh, DMing me about uh, my trip to Indy. And so we can uh, hang out and uh, and talk a little sports, have a little fun. I always uh, I always love to meet the people that uh, make this show go round, which uh, that's all of uh, yous out there, the two Utes out there making it happen. Adam says, "Good morning, safe travels to Indy, where you will be broadcasting from here in Indy, so I can drop by." Well, I'm not going to be broadcasting. I'm going to be in my Airbnb, so you can't visit me in my Airbnb, Adam. But Let's, like I said, on uh, Thursday, let's meet Thursday afternoon, you know, like maybe five o'clock or something like that. Uh, let's meet uh, around there, five, six o'clock. So that way anybody that's working, it's after their job and they can come by the downtown area. I'll come up with a sports bar to, uh, tomorrow when I'm walking around uh, the downtown area, I'll decide on one of the sports bars. And I'll, I'll just tell you guys, hey, let's meet at this sports bar at five o'clock, six o'clock or something. And uh, that'll be that'll be fine. That'll that'll be cool for all of us. So hopefully I'll be able to see you, Adam, on Thursday and uh, we'll be able to uh, meet up. Richard says morning all from snowy upstate New York. Yeah, man, you, you guys have had some some brutal from the West Coast. From our friends all the way in Washington and California, all the way across to uh, New York. Uh, it's been brutal for those of you up there. I don't know what it's like, actually. In, you know, I haven't even checked what the hell the weather is like in Indy. I don't even know how bad it is in Indy right now. So I have no idea if it's... Uh, let me Let me check it out here a second. Because I, I don't even know if I don't even know if it's going to be like a, a snowy week or or anything like that. And uh, normally when I go out to Indy, damn it, there we go. OK, uh, it's it's hit and miss. You know, uh, it, it's one of those where you just don't know. Uh, today, morning, 42, overnight, 45 little sun in the afternoon okay how about for the week even though it's really hard to predict weather at times but let me see if i have anything for the week there in indy 
you know, I probably should have checked this before I'm, I'm, I'm leaving on my trip to see. I mean, I just pack my my stuff and and I go. I've been going for over 20 years. So for me, it doesn't really matter. Uh, I'm going to fight the elements, whatever the elements are. My, my wife's the one that's what do, what do you think the weather's going to be like? And I'm like, whatever it is, I'm going and I got to deal with it. I've been in Indy when it's jam packed with snow. Uh, hell, I remember when they had the Super Bowl. It was the best week I ever spent in Indy because it must have been 50 degrees, 55 degrees and Super Bowl time for it to be that warm was just absolutely crazy. And it was it was awesome. It was it was the best week I've ever had in Indy was the week that they had the Super Bowl, which is crazy. But we'll see uh adam says i will make it happen there are plenty of sports bars downtown along meridian and illinois streets yeah i know there's a whole bunch of them so we'll definitely we'll we'll definitely hook up at one of them you know what i mean there's champions over by the hotel there you know we could meet at um at, uh oh god what's um right there under the under the mall and that thing. Well, I know the Weber Grill is uh, across the street diagonally. There's the was P.F. Chang's there also. Um, not not that that's a sports bar, but um, yeah, there's lot there's lots of there's lots of things across from P.F. Chang's next to the wine bar. There's a there's a sports bar there. I'm, I'm forgetting the name. But yeah, it's on the same block as Nikki Blaine's, except it's on the other side of the block, Nikki Blaine's. This one is on this side. You know what I'm talking about because you're in Indy. But um, yeah, there's there's sports bars all over the place. It's like a brewery, that one that I'm talking about also. Yeah. Haven't been there in three years since the pandemic. Didn't go last year because it wasn't really completely open you know what i mean now we're back to normal again now we're you know we're through all the crap and so we're fine uh big o how about our inter miami hopeful for this season uh yeah if they get messy i'm hopeful for a championship yeah sure <laughs> if Messi's coming yeah we talked about it yesterday we had uh um michelle kaufman on yesterday Carlos, you may want to go listen to that interview. We talked about Messi. We we talked about many things uh, yesterday on Inter Miami. So you may want to go check out that interview uh, with uh, with Michelle. We did talk uh, Inter yesterday, so you probably weren't listening. Um, let's see what else. Uh, Devin says, "Good morning, oh the Heat finally." Yes, I I, I told you I told you shot. <laughs> I told you they're a screwed up team. You got to take them in these situations. And the six and a half points, that's this is what they are, man. And, you know, that win yesterday, while it was nice, it was cool to win. And they hung on for the win. I mean, when Jimmy misses that free throw, I'm like, oh, God, you just opened the door. And, they, and, and Harden went for a three, went for the game winner. They didn't even try to drive. And, and prior to that, there were a couple of drives that the Sixers had to the basket that they they had the drive and it just would rim out or whatever like that. I'm like, thank God. It was like there were so many close calls at the end where the Sixers could have taken a lead and they didn't. And to me, that game last night, 
you know, for Devin and all of you out there, it, it was it was it was nice to win, right? But it meant nothing to me in a way because I kind of felt like it was fraudulent. You know what I mean? It look, any team in the league can beat a a, a good team. A bad team can beat a good team, a mediocre team can beat a good team, an average team like the E can beat a good team. And on any night, any given night, right? And to me, that's kind of what that was last night. It wasn't a sign of the Heat getting any better or anything. I mean, just look at the numbers yesterday. Tyler was 3 of 13 again, did not show up against a decent team. Uh, Gabe finally showed up. Bam did not play well against Embiid. 4 of 14, 13.7 rebounds. You know what I mean? Depot showed up. Uh, helped out a little bit. Struess actually helped out a little bit. Uh, Butler, as always, is the rock of Gibraltar for that team. But they, you know, 101-99. You know, on a night where the Sixers didn't score a lot and all that. And and so you you barely got by on the road. And to me, it was just a fortunate win for them. You know what I mean? Not that I'm using this as any kind of sign of anything good or anything like that. It's 82 games. You're going to have your games or you're going to sneak by on one, you know, and it was nice. It was nice that they won, but it didn't really mean that much to me. Unless you're able to put a streak together and start winning quality games on a consistent basis, it's hard for me to get really excited about this Heat team, which I think is very mediocre. I, I just, you know, I'm really not impressed with this club overall. But it was nice, at least, that they got the win. I'll say that. And and I took the six and a half points because this is who they are. When they took the lead and they had the lead for most of the game, I was like, you know, typical. Typical of this team. You know, they go out there and they give you one hell of an effort. And, you know, they barely win, but they're not going to lose by the six and a half points. And I didn't think that they would lose by the six and a half points yesterday. So we'll find out what happens uh, against the Sixers again on Wednesday and see if they can actually win two in a row against the Sixers. That would be impressive if they're able to do that. So, yeah, we saw, you know, can I, uh, can I get into something that would be blasphemous a couple of years ago? Right. But I can make a case for it now. I can make a really nice case for it now. And, Hard to argue with me now on all of this because I have more proof than anybody that wants to take me on in this discussion. So let me ask you something. Why can't I say that Eric Spolster is a better coach than Greg Popovich? Why? You tell me, why can't I say that? You realize that the Spurs right now are, have lost 16 in a row. They're 14 and 47. I've never seen Eric Spolstra, even with journeymen, go 14 and 47. I saw him go 31 and 10. I saw him beat the Golden State Warriors a couple times with a bunch of scrubs. And that's what Whiteside, Johnson, Johnson, and Deion Waiters are. Scrubs. Have I ever seen Popovich go 31 and 10 with scrubs? 
No. Does a great job with great players. Won a bunch of titles with great players. But, see, I see Eric Spolstra make a beautiful birthday cake out of crap. He makes chicken salad out of chicken. Shit. I'm just saying. I'm watching this, and it's like, bro, you've lost 16 in a row? I mean, aren't you the great Greg Popovich? You know what I mean? I'm just like, I was I was looking at that. I was going, wow, you're 14 and 47, dude. 14 and 47, but I but I thought you were a great coach. You can't coach him up a little better than that. I'm just saying, I, I get to see Eric Spolstra with stars. I get to see him with scrubs. I get to see him with a mediocre club like this one that he he got him a shot away from the Eastern Conference Finals. What have I been saying about Eric Spolstra for a while now this year? That he just makes things look better than what they really are. You weren't really that good in the bubble. It's just Eric Spolstra's that good. You weren't really that good getting to one game last year because look at the team now. That's because he just makes you better than what you are. He'll get Dion Waiters to play the best 29 games he's ever played in his career. He'll get Whiteside to play the best he's ever played in his career. He'll get Duncan. He gets you to play so well, the front office gets suckered and has to pay him. Remember what I told you yesterday about the Heat? Remember I told you that they're G money, right? They're getting high on their own supply, okay? And that it's because that guy's such a good coach. He makes things better than what they really are. He's been doing this for a while now with everybody. He gets LeBron and makes him better. He gets Bosch and makes him better. He gets Wade and makes him better. I mean, it's pretty impressive because I'm just looking at this whole Popovich thing. I'm like, you're 14 and 47. Like, what? I've seen Eric Spolstra just make something out of absolutely nothing. Just saying, you got nothing over there in San Antonio. I, I you, you should, probably should do a little better than fourteen and forty-seven. I know the guy that's here is a freaking magician. That's all I know. That's all I know. The guy that's here is a magician. He's an illusionist. That's what he. No, he's not a magician. He's an illusionist. That's what he is. Oh, man, I, I just saw that this morning, and I was like, wow. I've never seen Eric Spolstra that bad. No matter whatever shit you give him, he somehow figures out a way to get, he gets some life out of Dwayne Deadman last year, and, you know, Deadman's life eventually expired, and you can only get so much out of somebody. But that's kind of what it is. He'll, he'll make a frog a prince for a little while but eventually it's got to go back to being a frog but for a moment you had a prince you know what i mean and then you get fooled and you sign him to a four-year contract oh man 
KMS says, you have a wild argument. Spo is better than Pop. Pop's success came from a strong nucleus that were together for a long time. Spo has to continuously change his team style of play. That makes you better. <laughs> I saw him change his offense during the blood clot years with Bosch like three times in one season. It's, it's impressive. I'm just saying, dude. Just a, it's another example of how good Spo is, and I try to explain to people. And I think that I think that there's a portion of Heat fans that take him for granted because you have him here all the time, and you and if you start looking around the league, and when teams and coaches have to deal with other different kinds of teams and they struggle or get fired or whatever, here's Spo finding a way to right the ship to keep it alive, to make it look better than what it really is, you know, those kind of things, it, it, it truly is amazing. Seriously, what, what he does year in and year out, it is as impressive as it gets. He is. I'm not exactly sure the entire Heat fan base appreciates how good Eric Spolstra is. I really don't. I, I, I think there's a portion of you that know how good he is, but I think there's a large portion of you that kind of take it for granted. You know, I used to hear a lot of shit from some of you. Oh, well, hey, you know, anybody can coach LeBron and Bosch and all that, right? You know, stupidity. Right? Anybody can coach. Yeah, but you still got to win. And he won. He won. And he figured out how to get LeBron to play with, you know, in the post more. He figured out how to make Bosch more of a three point shooter. All of those kind of things. Now, you know, the first year he gets embarrassed by JJ Barea. That's not Spo's fault. That's LeBron that he has not grown up yet, you know? Like everybody knows that he came here to Miami to get his degree on winning and he learned how to win here. Obviously, we all know that 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 Celtics um, Eastern Conference game was that was the watershed moment for LeBron James. But Spo is just makes everything better than what it really is. And it's dangerous for a front office, obviously. <laughs> Because you end up falling in love with players that really aren't as good as you think they are. And then you give them a contract and you're kind of stuck there. But I, I just saw that yesterday, uh, last uh, this morning with uh, with Popovich. And I was like, this never happens with this guy. This guy makes the best out of whatever the hell you give him. You give him a bunch of scrubs and he finds a way to almost get into the playoffs. And you're like, what the hell is this? How in the hell did you go 31 and 10 with a bunch of scrubs? 31 and 10 with a bunch of scrubs. That's that's a magician at work. I'm just saying. So for you Heat fans out there, appreciate the hell out of Eric Spolstra, man. I gotta tell you. Uh, by the way, uh, Wings for Wishes and our friends at Sports Grill are uh, getting together to uh, put together a, a terrific event uh, this weekend. 
and uh, we're going to tell you a little bit more about it because it is uh, it is a pretty awesome event where um, you you actually will have an opportunity to take place in Wings for Wishes. It's March 4th, and it'll be behind the Sports Grill in South Miami. Go to wingsforwishesmiami.com, and it is a unique South Florida event combining the love of delicious chicken wings with the desire to grant children's wishes through a Make-A-Wish South Florida. Our ninth annual Wings for Wishes will take place Saturday, March 4th. Family-friendly block party approach will feature the now-famous amateur wing-eating competition. The renowned chicken wing tasting and returning will be the crown favorite, the Major League Eating Professional Wing-Eating Competition. Guests will enjoy savory food stations, featuring delicious recipes from some of South Florida's favorite restaurants, along with a wide range of refreshing beverages and mouthwatering des uh, desserts and live music, fun, fun activities for the family, an awards presentation, and over 2,000 enthusiastic attendees for the perfect recipe for another sensational Wings for Wishes. Now, if uh, you use our code Big O, the first 30 listeners who want to purchase tickets, you'll get 20% off. This is a great event. You're going to go out there, taste all kinds of great food, uh, and drink some, you know, terrific uh, uh, brews out there, different liquors. If you want, uh, also, by the way, uh, all you got to do is go to wingsforwishesmiami.com. Use our code Big O so you can get 20% off. This is a great way to enjoy your weekend, man. And uh, in nearly the 40-year history, they've granted more than 13,000 wishes. So you're also, you know, coming through in a big time way for kids out there. Noah, nine year old who's battling uh, neuromuscular disorder, received an all terrain uh, wheelchair. These are the things that you're doing by going to these events and supporting. Plus, you're going to have a great time on top of all of that. So there's a lot of things going on. Great job by the people at Sports Grill and the uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation, man. So Wings for Wishes. And again, go to wingsforwishesmiami.com. Use our code BIGO so you can get 20% off. All right. Manny Navarro, by the way, is set to join us at 1030. Uh, Alan Pupar from Indianapolis. Things haven't started yet, so relax. But he'll join us at 1130. We got uh, some stuff to talk about. And um, tomorrow we will have a special Miami Dolphins guest with us. Okay, so I just uh, I don't know should should I should I tell them who it is, Sean, or should I keep it? You know, should I just say tune in tomorrow and you will hear a a Dolphins player? How how, how do you think I should handle that? Maybe you should give out hints. Hints. Okay, twelve thirty tomorrow. All right. I don't know. It's somebody that throws a football. I don't know. Anyway. So, uh, all right. Uh, Big O, do you believe in the salary cap? Where can it be manipulated to create? Yes, of course. I believe in the salary cap. And, uh, of course, you can manipulate it. Uh, you can push the money back. Eventually, you'll have to pay the Pied Piper. Uh, you will have to, you know, you will have to have a, a dead cap years where you're going to have less space to buy players. Uh, it'll happen, but you can push it back, you know, to, for to a certain extent, 
And then eventually, like Miami did its first year after they got rid of Tannenbaum and all that, and they cleared out all that cap space and they took all kinds of cap hits. And, you know, your team was was lacking all kinds of talent. And so that, you know, obviously is a problem. And so, you know, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. You can you can play with it. You can manipulate it, but eventually you will have to pay the price. It's going to, you know, the Rams are going through it now. Uh, the, the Saints have gone through it the last couple of years, and they have limitations. I think they're going to go through another brutal cap year also where they have less money to buy players. Um, it is It is a reality. You know, you can build a team and you can get away with it for a couple of years, but eventually you will have to, you know, pay the piper. So, yes, it's not like a fantasy thing that it doesn't exist and you could just keep pushing money back and it'll never affect you. No, it's going to affect you because it'll build up and eventually you're, you're going to have it's going to come to a head. And there'll be a year where you have 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 million of dead cap money. And that's 15, 40, 50 million that you're not going to be able to pay players. So if your cap is 215 and you're missing, you know, 40, 40 million, now you're going to have to deal with it. And you're going to have to, you know, do, do it with 175 while everybody else is doing it with 215. That's the way it goes. But can you get away for this is why we talk about the whole thing about the fifth year option for Tua and push it. Do you do you give it to him? Do you not give it to him? Do you just wait? But you're buying yourself time, even if you do the fifth year option and then you extend them after that, you're buying yourself time because eventually you're going to have you're going to have to pay him. You know, if he if he can stay healthy, if he can go over the, get over that hump, of course. But if he gets over that hump and all of a sudden you got to pay him 40, 50 million dollars, you can't avoid that. That's the going rate for for a franchise quarterback. And then that's going to take up the cap space. And you're, you're going to watch it now with the Bills. The Bills have the GM's already kind of been prepping his fan base like, hey, listen, you know, we can't be as active this year. We're not going to be able to, you know, because Josh a window of opportunity to really take advantage of it just passed. Now they've got to overcome that with the salaries. So it becomes a bigger problem for them and anybody else. And then these are the moments where now you have to have exceptional drafts because you have to hit on these cheap players for their first four and five years. It's imperative that you hit on your draft picks, especially if you're a cap strap team. So yeah, can it be manipulated? Hell yeah but for only a certain amount of time. And then eventually the crap will hit the fan. So, yeah. Players are going to cancel you, Big O. Um, uh, Wayne D. Experience, my brother, I don't give a shit about your canceling bullshit. I don't care about you getting happy or sad. I don't care if you don't like my opinion. You know, I'm the guy that doesn't give a fuck. That's the, I, I don't think you've understood that yet. You probably haven't watched this show long enough. I don't worry about that shit. I say what is on my mind and I move on. 
I don't worry about your butt hurt self. So, yeah, we're going to bring on a guest tomorrow. Okay? Who it is? I don't know. But I didn't mislead you. That's all I can tell you. All right? That's it. You make up your mind, whoever you think is going to be on or not on. And if you're happy or you're not happy, you can kiss my ass. It's pretty simple. That's all. I'm not the guy that worries about it. Too many people that do this business, they worry about what other people are thinking. I don't. I don't care. There's a reason why I've lasted over 30 years. Because the people that watch this show or listen or download, what they love about our show is that we're brutally honest. That's what they love about the show. That we don't dance around any of the subjects. And for me, <laughs> I've never get I don't give a crap what my program director thinks. Okay? That's all. I'm not worried about what teams think. Right? I'm the guy in the middle of the NFL draft at Dolphin Stadium with all the Dolphins officials there. Okay, and I got all the Dolphin homers next to me broadcasting, right? And they draft, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, damn it, what's his name? The uh, the little cornerback um, that can tackle, and he's a good player, man. Um, uh, my grandma, what's his name? Um, what's the name of the grandma kid, bro? Um. Sorry, Vontae Davis. You know who's talking about? I got to call my grandma. Is it Vontae Davis? Yeah, yes. And they draft him. And the second they draft him, they turn to me and they say, what do you think? And I say, he can play, but he's got maturity issues. And everybody lost it. Everybody lost it. I got the homers on the on the panel. Oh, this, that. I got 2,000 Dolphin fans in front of me. I got the Dolphin officials. Right there, they're all the general manager, owner, all that crap. They're all there, and they're all, and I'm the asshole in the building. But I'm the guy that knew that Vontae Davis was telling his coaches in Illinois, I play for Sundays, not for Saturdays. I'm the guy that knew that his brother gave him $50,000 at the beginning of his year so he can go party and have some fun. But I'm the guy that knew that because I did my homework. And then years later, everybody finds out, wow, Vontae Davis did have maturity issues. Yeah, he had alcoholic issues. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. That's what O was talking about. He's not being a hater. He's just being a reporter at that moment, giving you some insight, not giving up what you think, not worried about the 2,000 fans that think I was a hater. No, I'm not a hater. I'm calling it like it is. So Wayne D experience, I don't care, bro. <laughs> I don't care. I'm not worried about hurting your feelings. If your feelings are hurt on this show, you know, I'm sorry. Too bad, so sad, as they say. That's how it goes. I'm not worried about hurt feelings. Neither is Manny Navarro. And that's where we get to our Canes wear, Miami Hurricanes report. 
If you're a Miami sports fan, then there's only one store to go to, and that's Caneswear at Miami Fanwear in Davie. They're your one-stop shop for all your inner Miami CF, Canes, Dolphins, Panthers, and Marlins merchandise. They have hats, t-shirts, game day jerseys, and so much more. Located at 2511 South University Drive in Davie, and open 24-7 online at caneswear.com or innermiamiware.com. Call them at 954-835-5597. Caneswear, the spot where inner Miami and all Miami sports fans shop. The viewpoints, statements, or beliefs expressed on the following program by the host, guests, or callers are not necessarily the opinions of FantasyXS.com, Media Group, Inc., ownership, management, sponsors, or website. Time for Canes fans to get what they want. Information, insight, and perspective. It's the Canes Wear Miami Hurricanes Report with Manny Navarro. Exclusively on a Big O Radio Show. Here's Big O and insider Manny Navarro. Ride a ride. There he is. How you feeling, my man, on a, a beautiful Tuesday? Feeling great, oh. How are you? Good, man. Good. Uh, walk us through, educate us on this whole thing with the NCAA and the probation. Um, how does it affect the program? Well, I mean, listen, we're, we're in a new era, right, because of NIL. And I think, you know, the NCAA is uh, – trying to flex its muscle a little bit in the NIA world. And naturally they picked on John Ruiz because uh, he's the most outspoken when it comes to it, right? He celebrated the uh, Nigel Pack deal. He, he celebrated the uh, Cavender twins and others. So I think in a lot of ways, the NCAA uh, probably put a target on his back. Hey, we got to, we got to punish Miami in some way, shape, or form. It's Miami anyway, so right, got to right. But, but let's get this brash booster, right? Who's who's forking over tens of millions of dollars to uh, to help Miami and make an example of them. And uh, the reality is, I don't know what this honestly means because I don't know how much teeth the NCAA really has in the long run. Um, first of all. Before any of these new this this happened, this dinner with the Cavender twins happened before there were any NCAA rules in place for NIL. So that's part of the reason why they went easy on Miami. Because really, what what, what are they going to enforce? There were no rules to enforce, other than attempting to uh, say that he he helped coerce them into coming to Miami with NIL deals. Um, so you could say they're on probation. That we're watching you. I mean, that's basically what probation is, right? We're watching you. You screw up again. And we're going to hit you with something. But the reality is, I don't know what penalties the NCAA is really ever going to be able to hand down. Because the moment somebody like John Ruiz or somebody else decides to take them to court, Supreme Court's on the side of the players. You want They want them to make money. And so how do you sort of prove inducement um, when it comes to recruiting? And that's really the fundamental issue here with all this. So to break it all down for, for you, oh, and explain the whole thing, I think it's much ado about nothing. Uh, other than the fact that this is the first time the NCAA has tried to pass down legislation. In the end, it's chump change to to charge Miami. And, and Katie Myers served her three-game suspension. People serve suspensions all the time. Coaches serve suspensions. Uh, it's kind of like slap on the wrist. And I don't know where we go from here because I don't know that the NCAA is ready to fight time for as it needs to fight against NL. All right, we got uh, spring football coming up. Uh, not that I think this is any kind of uh, determination of what kind of team you're going to be or anything like that. Uh, but what are we looking for in, in spring football? Well, obviously, you have the new systems that are being put in place. For
get to know these players. You know, you have a lot of turnover on the coaching staff. Uh, you know, you, you need to hire a receivers coach still. That hasn't been finalized. Uh, you need to get uh, potentially another defensive assistant, whether Mario decides to make that a guy like Jason Taylor as defensive line coach or uh, or he hires uh, DVD to, to work in the secondary. Um, you know, there, there's a chance Joe Salavea, who, who's uh, Miami's defensive line coach at the moment. I know you interviewed for a job last week with the NFL, with the Lions, didn't get it. He could potentially be leaving still at some point. Uh, so you have a lot of turnover in different coaching positions. So there's a, there's a lot going on, man. Uh, you know, and, and the roster turnover, you got 23 new guys on, on the field here for spring football, eight transfers, 15 high school recruits. You have guys coming off surgery. Uh, you know, and, and, and are being held out after after getting banged up during the football season. So there's a lot to watch. Uh, I put together the uh, the five storylines for The Athletic today, kind of the five things I'll be watching. As far as the football is concerned, I think wide receiver, cornerback, those are the two areas where you look at and you say, okay, Miami needs people to step up in those places big time. And uh, I think ultimately, you know, from a f- football perspective, looking for individuals, who shines, et cetera. That's what I'll be looking for when the spring game comes what along. What specific uh, names are you looking for at wide receiver? Yeah, I think Colby Young, you know, he uh, he's a guy who came on strong at the, at the midway point of last season. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. big physical receiver. Uh, I know he, I know he was clocked running uh, over 21 miles an hour. He was just as fast as Jacoby George and uh, Brashard Smith and some of the other receivers Miami has. But can he be a consistent downfield threat? Can he be somebody that Tyler Van Dyke, when he's protected, uh, can throw the football to down the field and, and help stretch defenses out. That was a major problem for Miami last year. They, they didn't have many very explosive plays. It was They needed long, time-consuming drives to get into the end zone. Um, they weren't very good at running the football. This is supposed to open up the offense, and, and but if, if Tyler Van Dyke doesn't have guys he can throw the ball to, that's a concern. And let's not forget, Will Mallory is gone. He was your leading receiver. He was your tight end. you got to replace that guy as well. Elijah Royal has to prove he can stay healthy. You have Jaleel Skinner coming back for his second year. They've got talent at those positions, though, but you need guys to step up and show you that they can actually make the plays consistently and be counted on. And so... I think receiver and cornerback, those are the two big ones. You have to replace both starting cornerbacks as well. So uh, do they have a true number one corner? I don't know. I, I don't think yeah, so. None of, none of us even know. Yeah, we, they yeah. Don't even, we don't even know if they have a number one wide receiver. Right, All right. I mean, I would think that Colby Young is positioned to be that guy. But right, but he hasn't uh, proven that. Yeah, right. He's got to prove it yeah. consistently. And, and uh, so a lot, a lot to sort of prove at those two spots, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I'm w- I'm with you there. And here's the other thing that I, you got to look for. Okay, new offense. Okay, how do you handle Ky- Tyler Van Dyke now? Yeah, uh, it, 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 does he play? It, does he? Pl- did you figure out how he needs to play? So you can. So if you're gonna bring him back, or you're gonna ask him to come back. Well, then make sure you put him in a position to be successful and. I think that that's one thing I would like to see this, you know, in 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 this spring practice that at least to me, not a lot of things matter that much in the big picture. Yeah. But you'd like to see a quarterback that at least is comfortable in the system that you're installing. 
Right. And I think he will be. I mean, Tyler really thrived, uh, you know, being in, in the spread offense uh, when he had Charleston Rambo to throw the ball to downfield, when he had a guy like Mike Harley, who was pretty consistent throughout career his career and finished as Miami's all-time receptions leader before he left. You know, you just you, you need guys to be healthy. Xavier Restrepo, you know, losing him last season. You, you want to see him have that chemistry with Tyler Van Dyke. They were supposed to be a big time pairing. They hardly played together because both of them were banged up throughout the year. So to me, all of that. Uh, are, are signs that when you come out of spring football, you want to feel better about those things. I agree with you. Yeah. No, I'm with you there. It's um, All right. You talked about the coaching hires. So that's still going on. But is it a, is it a productive thing for Mario not to have them already filled with football activities already going on like the spring, like the spring game? Well, I mean, ideally, you would love to have uh, everything squared away. But as I told you many times before, oh, I mean, the, the NFL, right, those openings happen uh, after the season. Guys end up switching jobs. And, and so, you know, it happened to the Florida Gators. They lost their defensive coordinator, what, two weeks ago? Um, pe- people are switching jobs. You know, the calendar is kind of messed up in the sense that it's not on the same page. You know, the, the, the hurricane season ended, what, in November? Uh, they never played in a bowl game. It feels like it's been an eternity, but the reality is the NFL season just ended a couple weeks ago, and you know people are still shuffling around. You saw Eric Bieniemy obviously went to the Washington uh, Commanders, so you know big time people are still switching positions, and that affects. There's a domino effect with it all. So I think ideally you would love to have it, but as I mentioned to you before, you know Mario Cristobal really didn't finalize his coaching staff until the first day of fall practice last year. We didn't know if he was going to be making a, a switch with his tight ends coach. Stephen Field ends up getting a contract. I think literally the, the first day of practice. Uh, so I mean I think things can go up all the way until the start of fall practice. Um, you know the springtime it's still a major time of transition, especially now with the transfer window um, you know being open after spring football. You're going to see a player movement. You're going to see guys leave. You're going to see Miami look to add guys. So I, I feel like what we're used to as far as the calendar you know going into spring football and saying okay this is our team this is these are our coaches it, it's one of those things that remains fluid and it's just something i think as fans you have to get accustomed to now that you know you, you're really not set until probably that first week of fall practice where does jason taylor stand and what have you heard behind the scenes have you heard anything behind the scenes on his coaching because I'm wondering, you have an opportunity there. He has an opportunity to be promoted. There's a, a former Hall of Famer. There's a current Hall of Famer, I'm sorry. A guy had some success coaching at the high school level. Definitely can help you out of recruiting. What's the deal with Jason Taylor, and how come he hasn't moved up already? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it's an interesting situation with JT. I think part of him being involved uh, with the with the Hurricanes and, and and doing sort of the college schedule last year, he, you know, he just got married, had another child. I think from from a schedule standpoint, being a defensive analyst was was family friendly. You know, it, it's kind of like you can still uh, go home and you don't have to be out on the trail recruiting. You don't have to be away from your family. Um, okay. That's the challenge for a lot of these guys, you know, um, and and whether or not. Uh, you, you really want how deeply involved do you want to be Mario, you know, let's face it. He's a slave driver when, when it comes to recruiting and everything else, yeah, uh, no, there are a lot of, you know, a lot of guys. That, and, and I would say this with Jason Taylor too. I think NFL teams, you know, that's a consideration as well, right? NFL teams could probably put him in. You don't have to go recruiting when you go work in the NFL. Right. right. Uh, so, and I think he's an asset. 
uh, in that regard as well. So it's just a matter of, you know, can you make the money? Can you make the, the schedule? Can you make everything fit around a guy like Jason Taylor to take on a college job? And, and how bad does he really want it? Does he really need to? Right. I mean, he's an NFL Hall of Famer. Uh, this would have to be a passion project for him more than anything else. The same way it is for guys like Patrick Sertan, right, who, who coached high schools for many years and, and joined Florida State staff. Once, you, once you're a professional and you make a lot of money and you're a Hall of Famer or a Pro Bowl or whatever, it's like it really comes down to how much do you really want to do it. Uh, you, you you remember this movie called Johnny Be Good from yes. uh, Michael Hall back in the day <laughs> that he was a, a star quarterback and and he's making the tour and going all around and all that. And I think you know where I'm going. So are we following the Johnny Be Good of modern day and Prentice Nolan now? Is that is that is that what we got to do now? <laughs> he'll be uh, he'll be all over the uh, the country, oh, uh, visiting different different college programs. He's definitely somebody that I think is very high up uh, Miami's list as far as quarterbacks and who they want. Uh, you know, I know he was at the Under Armour Combine last weekend in Atlanta. Grace Rainer, who covers uh, Clemson recruiting for us, was was there at the event. And I heard really really well. Uh, you know, I had uh, the feature story on him and in the he, athletics. Did he, sleep, did he sleep with the dean's wife on the fifty-yard line, like Johnny? <laughs> <Peter>. <laughs> I don't think he. I don't think he needs to. Uh, I'm sure he's probably got plenty of, uh, of 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 people interested in him at the high school level. I mean, he's people his age, but uh, you know, Prentice is. Uh, listen, man, he's he's a really good player, and, and I and I would love for uh, Miami to to end up getting a commitment from him. I think he'd be. Uh, the kind of uh, talent in today's game, running a spread offense, being a, a diverse dual threat kind of quarterback, a, a guy who I think a lot of players uh, like playing with. Um, and, and you know, those are the kind of guys you need uh, if you're going to take Miami to the next level. So you, you believe he's the guy? Well, I think he's one of the guys. I mean, they, look, in, in today's game, you've got to recruit all the way up until signing day. Right? right, you could have a guy committed, and then Deion Sanders comes in. It's now, nah, bro, coming with me. That happened. Have Deion hasn't called him. I asked him. I said, "Has Deion called you?" He said, "No," but he could be watching this show right. Deion could be watching this show right now and getting tipped off, and uh, you know. Oh no, Deion definitely watches this show. He tells <laughs> me that all the time. Yeah. He loves this show. He's got his toe dipped into this show. <laughs> yeah, his toe. <laughs> yeah, the ones that are left. The ones but that anyway, are left. Yeah, the ones that are left. He's got them dipped into the show. All right. So, all right. So, how how long's this tour going on? So, we we what are we we're waiting to what like December or something? When does he make no, his decision? No, I think I think you know. Look, he's going to take um, all these unofficial. This is unofficial visit season. Right. Like all of these kids, they get in the, they get in the van. They start driving around the colleges for several weeks in between seven on seven games or with their seven on seven teams. Like last year when I was with the South Florida Express, I went out to USC and UCLA and did the tour. I got to experience what it's like. I mean, you basically get free food and you hang out and you meet the coaches and talk to them for, you know, six, seven right. hours. So every one of these kids is going to do that. Miami will have their big junior day on March 4th. Apprentice uh, will be at Miami on the 23rd. He'll get his tour then. Uh, you know, meeting meeting the new offensive coordinator in terms of in person and being on campus, etc. So uh, all that will happen then. And uh, look, it, it, he'll, he'll be everywhere. And, and there won't be a decision, I think, until after he'd like to do it before his first game is, as a senior. So probably August is my guess at the earliest. But even then, 
he could wait to announce it later in the year because he wants to go visit schools during the season to see what it's like the on campus, right? How many fans are in the stands? Uh, Miami. Oh, no, 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 that. don't do that. No, 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 Francis, no. <laughs> no. no. Don't you... measure us that way, please. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> oh, God. All right. Uh, what, what do you got work? What are you working on in the athletics so folks can check you out, my man? Well, I did put out the uh, five storylines to watch here for the start of spring football for Miami uh, earlier today. I have some uh, recruiting projects I'm working on. You know, people ask me all the time. They want a, a sort of uh, geographic breakdown. Where, where does this school get their players? Where does that school get their players? Why do they have success there, et cetera? So I'm working on a sort of a long-term project here. Stuff will, stuff will go out in the middle of March, doing a lot of research and stuff on that, on uh, on where players come from. And uh, th there's plenty more stories, man. I got features. I've, I've interviewed so many guys. Cole Heinrich, I just met. He's a uh, he's an unranked uh, tight end out of Cardinal Gibbons, 6'4", 230 pounds. I watched him play this this uh, past weekend in, uh, in a seven-on-seven -seven here up in Pompano Beach. Really good player. Um, I watched Chris Ewald. He's a 2025 uh, cornerback who, who covers uh, the two stud receivers at Hollywood Chaminade. He's their teammate. He's already committed to Michigan. I'm getting to get to know kind of like what you do when you go to, uh, you know, senior bowl and watch all these guys. I get a chance to do this offseason stuff where I'm watching these guys and, and talking to them one on one so much better than during in season, you know, and, and uh, to me, you really get to, to know these guys a little bit. So it's just I'll have plenty of stories on recruiting and, and the Canes and everything else. And, and again, spring football starts uh, Saturday this weekend. Thursday, I'll be in uh, Bradenton IMG Academy. They have their uh, combine. Sunday, I'll be in Orlando for an Under Armour camp. So I'll be all over the place. So I'm, it's, a, it's a busy season. I finally get a vacation week. I think it's March 20 to the 24th. I'll be in, in Universal Studios with my family for a week. But outside of that, man, I'll be busy. He's like Sagua Fair. He's everywhere. <laughs> Follow him on Twitter at Manny underscore Navarro and catch his work there at The Athletic. Better yet, subscribe like I do and many others. Manny, as always, thank you, my friend. Appreciate you, as always. Anytime. I'll talk soon. Thank you, sir. There you go. Manny Navarro, Canesworth, 2511 South University Drive in Davie. Remember, they got anything and everything with a Canes logo on it. And you can order, if you're out of town, you can go to canesware.com. You order over $99, you will get free shipping, and it'll you will easily go over $99 because the place is addictive. You're just going to find, oh, I like this, I like this, I like this, I like this, I like this. Love that place. Enter Miami gear. They've got Miami Heat gear, Miami Dolphins, the Marlins, Panthers, and then, of course, anything and everything pretty much with a Canes logo. Go see Brett, Jeff, all the great people out there. 2511 South University Drive in Davie. Go to Caneswear.com. If you're a Miami sports fan, then there's only one store to go to. And that's Canesware at Miami Fanware in Davie. They're your one-stop shop for all your inner Miami CF, Canes, Dolphins, Panthers, and Marlins merchandise. They have hats, t-shirts, game day jerseys, and so much more. Located at 2511 South University Drive in Davie. And open 24-7 online at Canesware.com or innermiamiware.com. Call them at 954-835-5597. Canesware, the spot where inner Miami and all Miami sports fans shop. Speaking of the Canes, let's get into a little Canes, well, former Kane in the news, and that's Michael Irvin. And remember, he's got that lawsuit against Marriott. Uh, but um, Irving, 
by the way, filed a complaint about 18 uh, days ago, over $100 million. And they just won in court to release the video, right? But now Marriott is pulling some kind of cheesy little move. Marriott, by the way, is trying to dismiss it by saying they argue that it doesn't, that they don't own the Phoenix Hotel at which Irving was engaged in some type of alleged wrongdoing, prompting a complaint to the NFL Network and in turn Irving's removal from Super Bowl week programming. Instead, Marriott says it only leases its brand to the owner of the property. Now, the hotel is a Marriott location, so it's hard to imagine Marriott avoiding responsibility based on the technical legal relationship between the corporation and the actual owner operator of the hotel, especially if the hotel identifies itself as a Marriott property. And we're all getting Marriott miles if we stay there. So it is all on Marriott. Now, the paperwork filed by Marriott sheds light that for the first time on specific allegations made against Irvin, uh, Marriott claims that Irving made harassing and inappropriate comments. Now, that's a far cry from the vague notion that he engaged in some sort of offensive physical touching or contact, and it will likely make the surveillance video far less relevant since it won't include the audio. You see what they're trying to do now? Because he probably didn't do anything really bad. Right. And now they all oh, know we're not part of it. It's not our hotel. Oh, wait a minute. We're not saying that he did anything physical. And so now with no audio, you're not going to be even able to tell. So, you know, you know what it makes me feel like? It makes me feel like Limp Biscuit. It's all about the he said, she said bullshit. Yeah, that's what's going on. I think you better quit talking that shit. That's what's going on. So now that's what we're going to get. It's all about the he said, she said bullshit. Come on, man. I mean, you, you can't play with somebody's career like that. There's too much wishy-washy crap going on on the Marriott side. That's that's not fair, man. That's not fair. And and I got to tell you, I I I don't know, but I I'm I'm hoping now that um that Irving somehow is able to win this lawsuit and and get a hundred million from from Marriott because this this smells like complete stank is what it smells like. It just doesn't come off like he did anything comes off like somebody's trying to money grab is what it sounds like okay uh steve rupert says good morning big o from uh den herder land where we just got over a blizzard which thankfully wasn't much have a safe fun trip thank you steve i appreciate you my man and he says he smashed the like button i love it Smash that like button, hit the subscribe button. It's very, very important. You do that, ladies and gentlemen. Very important. Uh, Big O, you give Lamar Jackson a fully guaranteed contract, or would you trade or or would you trade him? John, have you listened to this show at all? Clearly, you don't listen to the show. Uh, let's see what else. 
Big O, I'm on your side. I was making fun of them. Ah, okay, Wayne D. I got you. Um, but you know, I won't care. Uh, my guest for your Dolphins guest tomorrow is Darth Cater. Hmm. He throws a football. Okay. Uh, do, 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 do. According to Spotrack, Miami is 15 million in the red. Do they wait until June 1st? No, they'll be making moves before that, Cruz. Way before that, dude. They'll be making all kinds of moves, and they'll they'll remember you're once you start getting rid of players and cutting, you know, um, what's it called, redoing deals and all that. They'll move that money around quickly, and they'll get way under quickly. I'm not worried about that. Uh, that is at this point if this was years three and four of doing this then i would tell you oh man they're in pro they're in trouble but this is actually really kind of the first year that you really got to start doing this that you were over the cap and all that they'll be fine i'm not worried about it i'm not worried at all i i'm more worried about you know hey let's make the right moves let's get the right players that kind of stuff that's what i'm excited about with this offseason so anyway, um, big O, these people are funny with this Lamar crap. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is humorous. Uh, can I give you can I give you something to be prepared for if you're a Miami Dolphins fan? Are you are you ready? Because the Miami Dolphins fan has to deal with you know some BS all the time, and now with Tua we got to deal with more BS, right? And here's the here's the best part about the whole to a mess that we're going. It's not the best part, but it's just kind of entertaining from these idiots. Because, look, you have your people that they did not believe in Tua, and so now they're wrong, dead wrong about him being, you know, they don't say he can't play anymore. That, 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 at this point, if you say that, you sound really stupid. But they now pick on the injury stuff, which, okay, it's legitimate. You, you know, that's been a, a, an issue with them forever, and that's fine. But they're only on that one now because they were wrong about everything else, right? But anything and everything that's going to come out about Tua, it's only to spin it, okay? And this is what I mean. If you give him a, a long-term contract right now, people would lose their shit. If you give them the fifth, if you pick up the fifth year option, people are going to lose their shit. Now, if they don't give him that fifth year option, normally those people that are going to be flipping out because they're anti Tua people, they're going to say, they normally would say, ah, you see, they don't believe in him either. I told you. So it doesn't matter what they do, right? If you sign Teddy Bridgewater, well, no, he's going to take to his job. If Skylar Thompson completes four passes in a practice in training camp, he's the number one guy. He's already better than Tua. So it doesn't matter what it is. The anti-Tua person is going to twist it in the way that they want you know what i mean this is kind of the way it is because they're kind of stuck in that corner now 
They put themselves in that corner that he can't play. Now they're wrong, and so now they got to lean on the injury. And so then they also got to lean on, oh, no, let's go trade for Lamar Jackson. Stupid shit like that comes up. Those are the same idiots that said Teddy Bridgewater would take his job. The same idiots that thought Skylar Thompson was the number one guy. Skylar's a terrific young quarterback, but he's raw. He's got to learn. He's not the number one guy. He's not better than Tua. That's unfair to Skylar. Obviously unfair to Tua, but everything is unfair to Tua from the from this group of individuals. It's it, so prepare yourself. It doesn't matter what decision they make on Tua. Long-term contract right now, fifth-year option, or not picking it up. The haters are going to hate no matter what. They're going to spin it. However, we know that Tua and, and Skyler are coming back next year. Guaranteed, right? Skyler did more than enough, especially in the playoff game, to kind of, okay, let's, you know, we, we, we got something to build on here, right? And he looked like he had something to build on. He was saying, you should have three quarterbacks. But whoever that veteran quarterback is that they bring in at number two, doesn't matter who it is. You know, I had somebody reach out to me. Oh, this this uh, analyst, I forgot who it was, says Car that Dolphins should go after Carson Wentz. And, this, and I just answered back, like, you know, this is just the crap that's, you know, to fill the offseason. You've got an offseason. You've got 24 hours. You got to fill time on the air. You got to fill time on your or space on your website, blogs, whatever. You got to write any crap you can. It is what it is. So it doesn't even matter who they sign as a backup. You're going to have those people tell you that the backup is going to take to his job. It's it really is amazing to me how the 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 dislike or or disbelief or whatever it is you have for this young man and the extremes that you will go to to try to you know prove yourself right and hope that he fails or whatever it is but it's just kind of funny to me that so many are are talking about that where for a group of individuals it doesn't matter what the decision is going to be they're going to find a way to hate on the decision you know what i'm saying so just kind of funny anyway let's get ready for our number two of the program uh and we will have alan pupart in this hour at 11:30. he's going to join us we'll talk all things dolphins a little nfl with him he's already in the combine i'll be there myself tonight and get ready to uh, rock and roll tomorrow uh, let's uh, take a break. Get ready for hour number two right here on the Big O Radio Show. This podcast replay is brought to you by HialeahParkCasino.com, your entertainment destination. Casino, poker, dining, and simulcast racing so you can wager on some of the best tracks in the country. Go to HialeahParkCasino.com to sign up for promotions, giveaways, and events. Of the program, appreciate all of you out there for tuning in and keeping it locked here on the program, please. Smash the hell out of the like button. Visit our amazing sponsors like Perdomo Cigar, Great Lounge, 5150 Northwest, 167th Street in Miami Lakes. You, you can uh, go by there. In fact, I was by there yesterday 
And I was just talking to Nick Perdomo, Nick Jr., Arthur, all the great people out there. Janine was there. Everybody was out there. Just a, a terrific family atmosphere. And they got a giant humidor there with all of the Perdomo cigars. There were a couple guys playing pool because they've got a pool table, big, large leather couch, TV, a great lounge. So you could actually go to the factory where they've got all the Perdomo cigars, where they got millions of dollars in cigars. And uh, you can actually check it out. Sometimes they'll give you a tour. You might meet Nick. You can take a picture. So check it out at 5150 Northwest, 167th Street in Miami Lakes. And they've got all kinds of Perdomo paraphernalia, too, hats and lighters and shirts and all kinds of stuff. So go check it out for yourself. Great sponsors of ours, and uh, we love uh, Perdomo cigars. Obviously, we light up a victory cigar like last night against the Sixers, our victory cigar time with the Perdomo Cigars. Uh, Devin Jordan is asking, Big O, this has to be the year the Dolphins finally get a draft a running back, right? Well, no, they've drafted running backs. What are you talking about? They drafted Kenyon Drake. They drafted uh, Miles Gaskin. Come on, bro. They've drafted running backs. Don't make, don't make it sound like they don't draft running backs. <laughs> I know what you're saying, Devin. Uh, no, they won't. They're not going to do that. They only have one second round or two thirds. I don't think it's going to be spent on a back. I think it'll be spent on corner, safety, linebacker, tight end, tackle, uh, something along those lines. I think they're going to bring back Jeff Wilson and um, and Mostert. I think they're going to try to bring those guys back and then maybe, you know, some kind of a late pick, seventh rounder, sixth rounder, undrafted kid, something like that. I, I just don't think they're going to spend any of their, not that they're high picks, but their second and two thirds. Um, I don't think they'll spend any of those on a running back. So I don't think this is the year that they do that. Remember, it's a complicated system. I want to remind you of this, Devin. Okay. Let's think about this now. Okay. Salvan Ahmed had success because he knew the system. The guy you paid money that you got Chase Edmonds from Phoenix or Arizona, I'm sorry. Same shit, whatever. Um, he's he's actually a good player, but he did not fit here and he looked completely out of place. And that's a veteran back. So what are you gonna do with a, a rookie? That look how Salvan Ackman jumped Miles Gaskin. Why? Why is that? Salvan Ackman's a good player. For what where he was drafted and what he's done, he's actually been a very productive seventh round pick. But shit, Salvan Ackman jumped him. Why? Because he comes from that system. And I don't think they're. I don't think. Obviously, I've been wrong a thousand times over. Asked my wife since yesterday. I've probably been wrong about 80 times. But I don't think they're going to draft a young kid that they need to count on because, as you saw, that third running back was going to be needed because Jeff Wilson got banged up and Mostert also got banged up and you needed Salvin Ahmed. So whoever that third guy is has to be somebody they feel like will adjust to the system quickly or already knows it. And that's why I don't think they'll put a rookie in that position because – if you have to call on that rookie and he's not ready, that puts your team at a disadvantage. And you can tell the difference between Chase and Jeff Wilson. The second Jeff Wilson stepped onto the field, he was immediately the impact Simmons could not be. 
So I just think because the system is not an easy system, apparently, I don't think you'll, you're going to see a young back at a high pick. Can it be a late pick, the sixth, the seventh round, the street free agent? I can see that because that's not an effort to spend those kind of picks. An early pick, you need somebody that's going to transition a little quicker. And what happens if he doesn't know the system well enough, if he doesn't react the way he's supposed to react when he touches the ball? I, that's why I don't think it'll be a back early on, which is what I think you were talking about. Is this the year they finally get a back? And I think you mean do they draft one pretty high. I don't think that this is, is going to happen. Okay. And let me tell you something. Here's the other thing, Devin. Another thing to think about. Are you trying to win now or are you trying to win in two or three years? Okay, go get it back in two or three years. But you're trying to win now. You don't have time. You don't have time. And that's why they went and tra traded for Jeff Wilson because they didn't have time. They want to win now. They want to make sure before they have to pay the kid, they one, they had to make sure he can play. Okay, now you know he can play. Now let's build up the line. Let's build up everything else so he can stay healthy. That's the way I kind of look at it. You know what I'm saying? So I just think that all of those factors, I don't really expect them to spend the high pick. Uh, big old call me whatever. But I trust Mike, Fangio, and Greer have a great plan. Do you think that they finally grab a returner? That's another one, Knight. Nice job by you, sir. Uh, Devin, that's another one in the second or third round. I can see a receiver slash returner, scat back, running back. You know what I mean? Corner re returner. Um, One of those kind of guys, receiver, running back, corner, that is a returner. And he'll be the last guy in your in your in your position, whether running back, whether it's receiver or corner, but he is a key returner. Yes. That's a great one night. Let me tell you something. There was a little water bug in the senior bowl that I'll tell you, that kid would be a really good returner. I'm trying to remember him, and I probably will not remember it after that damn roster. But there was one kid that was there that I was like, that's a guy you could get as a returner. And that that I would say that, yes, that's another priority that I would not be surprised in the third round with those two picks that you find one of the guys that is, you know, either or for you and not necessarily a great receiver, not necessarily a great corner, not necessarily a great running back, but he's got that knack to be, you know, like a lot of these guys. A lot of these returners never really were great position players. They were decent position players. You know what I mean? Uh, Leo, I would never want Marcus Mariota as a backup. That would be an absolutely terrible decision. I would laugh at the Dolphins if they sign him. It, 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 please, let's not do it with the Polynesian thing. He doesn't have accuracy. He is more often injured than actually Tua is. Um, no, no, I would never Marcus Mariota. I was never a Marcus Mariota fan from coming out of Oregon. I just never thought his accuracy was ever there, and it's never gotten there, ever. So, no, I would never touch Marcus Mariota, and I've been like that since the draft. 
never been a Marcus Mariota guy. I, I have problems with quarterbacks that lack accuracy. You know, I, I had a problem with Josh Allen because of that. And by the way, he still has those issues. While he has his moments that he doesn't do it and he has some clutch moments, but he still has those those times where he's overthrowing people and they're wide open it has nothing to do with the receiver. It has everything to do with him too. And it's while he's a hell of a physical talent, he still has that erratic arm of his that isn't necessarily accurate. Uh, do you think we do better than most teams with undrafted rookies? Terry, I think they've done better than most in the draft and undrafted rookies and free agency the last couple of years. Uh, again, I think they've got a hell of a front office. I just think this year is clouded because of all the bad breaks. I, I'm i not uh, there. You go look at it and, you know, you. We, I, I did this with Marcel. I think they've hit on four of the last six first rounders and. You know, they've done really, really well. And then undrafted, my God, they find guys all over the place from Zach Sealer to Nick Needham to Cater Kohu. Trill Williams was well on his way. Uh, Salvan Ahmed, you know, it, it just it, it goes on and on and on. They find guys off the street. They're, they're pretty damn good uh, with that. Very Robert Jones, by the way. Um uh, Brandon Shell, they found off the street, although he's not like an undrafted. He was a veteran, but still they find guys off the street that become productive players for them. Um, my boy that was here for two years, uh, he went to Oakland last year, the receiver. Um, damn it, bro. Uh, I hated I hated when they let him go last year. I get it. It's McDaniel's call. He probably didn't think he fit his system or whatever. But I, I love the guy. I'm a, you, you guys know it. Mac Hollins. Oh, I'm a huge Mac Hollins fan. My God. I, I wouldn't trade Mac Hollins for, for nothing. That's the kind of guy I want on my team. Mac Hollins reminds me of Jim Jensen. Reminds me of those kind of guys that they're not going to be the best player on your team. But my God, I want five or six of those on my team. I just want those kind of guys, those guys that are just great football players. I'm not saying that they're great all-time athletes or Hall of Famers or anything, but the guy is a, just a football player. Whatever he does, he's going to do it to the max. You know, those kind of people are, man, they are precious. I would never get rid of those kind of guys. They're just awesome to have that they're they're able to play a position and then excel on special teams and help you whatever the hell it is that they you need them to do matt collins is one of those guys my god yes exactly uh wayne d glue guy love those kind of guys man i i i was i was i was depressed about that last year when they got rid of Matt collins and he played really i know raiders fans i know you got nothing to cheer about overall I know you're stuck with uh, with an idiot coach and and a moronic owner, but um, I know you were happy with Matt Collins. I know every Raider fan was was happy with Matt Collins last year. 
I, in fact, I don't think anyone cannot be happy with Matt Collins. I think it's, you know, it's insanity. Flipper says, I won five or six cheetahs and five or six Jalen Phillips on my team. Well, that would be nice, but you can't pay that many of them. <laughs> That's the problem, Flipper. You're not in today's salary cap. You can't pay for five or six, you know, cheetahs that, that the salary cap does not work that way. Five or six of those are going to cost you. I don't. I don't know if the cap is enough for five or six of those. <laughs> so, yeah, it would be nice, but you're you're going to have to go back to the '80s and the '70s when you know you're able to keep the doomsday defense and 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 Staubach and everybody else on there with Dorsett and all that and Hill and all that. You know, the steel curtain, and then you can also keep. Bradshaw and Stallworth and Swan and Franco Harris and, you know, the no-name defense. And then you're keeping Zonka Kick, Morris, Warfield, you know, Greasy, an, an entire offensive line, the Cowboys of the 90s, you know, where you could keep Troy and you could keep Michael and you could keep everybody else plus that defense. Yeah, you're going to have to go back to those days, my brother, when the salary cap was not in the way and you can keep all your stars together, and it wasn't about money. But now that it's about money, nobody's going to have – the Kansas City Chiefs could not keep one Tyreek Hill. Why? Because that would have been their fourth Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Chris Jones, Mahomes, Kelsey. So – you know, it tells you you can keep about three of them. After that, you're not going to be able to keep any more of them. You know, it's just it's just too hard, man. So, yeah, five or six would be a beautiful thing. It's just fiscally, it's not going to work out, unfortunately. That's just the way it is. Hey, don't forget at Hylia Park, they're giving away a Mercedes-Benz. Yeah, man. So get on down there. That is a smoke-free casino. They've got the smoking hot slots out there. So if you are, you know, you got to take your vape pen, you know, it's 420 and you got to keep playing the games. You can do it on the on the smoking hot slots. You can bring your cigars, your cigarettes and enjoy them out there. They got ventilation, all that. But inside the casino, no smoking casino. So whether you're downstairs playing all of the um, all of the uh, slot machines, which they've got a whole bunch, hundreds and hundreds of them, just in case we do the giveaway again, although Steve gave it away. Uh, or upstairs in the poker room, by the way, nobody will be smoking. You will be enjoying it. The ladies will bring you drinks. Those lovely ladies will bring you food. They've got these little tables that they bring you the food. And by the way, the, the uh, grilled chicken sandwich with those seasoned tomatoes. Oh. So good, man. So good. And the bread, too. The way they toast the, the, the Cuban bread, it tastes like, I don't know, man. It, it tastes different. It tastes good. You know what I mean? They got good food there at Hialeah Park. Go enjoy it uh, and go check out the uh, Mercedes. Every time you play in the slot machines, right, uh, you keep pulling that uh, lever, you're going to keep getting entries in there. And that way you got a chance. And they're going to give away the Mercedes on April Fool's Day, April 1st. Okay. I'm going to go. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to play some and try to win the Mercedes myself. 
I'm, I'm eligible. I'm not necessarily an employee. Uh, Derek says, Big O, what year would you say was the best year for the Dolphins defense ever? Well, my brother, you have to go back to the 70s when they won a Super Bowl, when they won multiple Super Bowls, when they went to three straight. That has to be it. We can't give it to the no-name defense. I mean, I'm sorry, the uh, Killer Bees. We can't give it to Jason Taylor and Zach Thomas's defense of the of the mid-90s to the, not mid-90s, late-90s to the early 2000s. They didn't win anything. They didn't even go deep in the playoffs. And yes, it was a great defense, but they never were able to realize their talent. So you have to go back to Stanfield and the guys and, you know, Bonacani and those guys. That's that's the greatest defense that we've ever had because they're the ones that, you know, were part of an undefeated season. I mean, your quarterback threw the ball six times or seven times in a Super Bowl. How stupid is that? You know what I mean? So there is no comparison. There's no argument. There's no discussion. Nothing. No defense will ever compare to the killer, to the to the no-name defense. There were other great, you know, great defenses, good defenses that we've had in the past. But un until you win multiple championships, I can't ever put you in the same breath, sentence, neighborhood, discussion, whatever with the early 70s none and i love zach and jason and sam and pat and tim bowens i covered all their games i was the beat writer beat reporter for qam for all for their whole existence i've got nothing but love for that defense but they got no shot ever at unseating the no-name defense ever not even close you, you got a lot of work to do. Now, you want to talk about an offense? Okay. Yes, they weren't the greatest offense in those days. They didn't have to be. So, you know, but then again, they could run the ball, something that Marino's teams could not do. And that's what I love about Mike McDaniel, that he is trying to find that balance and, and be impactful in the running game, and he knows that he has to be. You know what I'm saying? So I, I hopefully he sticks to it too sometimes because he – he abandoned it, but yeah, no, it's the seventies will always dominate. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Uh, remember big O the dolphins lost key players because of the world football league because of that money. Yes. Um, Zonka kick and what was the other one? Was it Warfield that left? Yeah, there were a few people that left to the World Football League that then obviously went defunct. And, yeah, that uh, that ruined their run. That sucked. That sucked big time. It was Warfield, yeah. Uh, what happened last year, Hollins? This is going to be with Mike Isicki. It sucks. Hopefully he doesn't sign with the Jets. That will hurt. Um, I don't know if the Jets want a, a blocking tight end too. I don't know if they have that, you know, because he comes from that same kind of tree. So I'm not sure if he also has that kind of philosophy that you got to sell your guy as a being able to, you know, actually block too. So I'm not sure. 
Uh, imagine if we luck out with a Tyreek Hill in the third round as a returner. Would never happen, but fun to imagine. It could happen. That's uh, anything is possible, bro. I mean, you ended up with Zach Thomas in the fifth round. You ended up with, with Jason Taylor coming out of the third round. So you end up finding gems in later rounds that end up becoming, you know, stud players for you. So it's very possible that you could get a a mid-round player that ends up becoming a great player and a great returner. In fact, there's a lot of returners that are picked in the middle to late rounds, and they become great returners. I'm sure that Dante Hall for Kansas City was not drafted very high. You know, I know Tyreek had a little bit of baggage, too, coming out of college. And what was he, like a fifth-round pick? But lots of other players that were good returners they dropped in the draft and I'm sure that, you know, plenty of them in the history of the game were, were late round picks. Cause that's usually what happens with returners, unless the guy is like a, you know, Desmond Howard or something like that, then you're going to take a, a guy like that earlier. You know what I'm saying? Um, Charles Woodson was a terrific returner on top of being a great corner. Not that you really want to use him that way, but yeah. Uh, Adolfo says something funny. Did you see the story on Mac Jones being yelled at and that affected his confidence? Imagine if, if it goes what Tua, if goes what Tua went through. Oh yeah, no, my God. If he had to put up with flow, think about that. So you got this guy who just shits on you the entire time in flow and he's keeping you on the bench for jabroni brisket. And then Brisquette suffers an injury, so you have to put him in in the Ravens game. And you go out there and you perform at a high level with the guy that hates you, didn't want to draft you, doesn't want you to be on the team. He's trying to play a guy ahead of you that doesn't have a tenth of your talent as a passer in Jabroni. And you go out there and you start balling against the Ravens because you – obviously need to win the game for your team and you've got to prove yourself against an asshole that doesn't believe you. That's how mentally tough that kid is. That's why he can come off the bench and win a national title. You know, I, I just, you know, there, there are times that I just don't think people appreciate that. You know, we do appreciate, ah, yes, we appreciate Alan Poupart. Yeah. And our EJDconstruction.com, Miami Dolphins, an NFL report. Dolphins fans, time to get insight on your favorite team with your favorite reporter with an Expos hat. Sports Illustrated's Alan Poupart in our EJDconstruction.com, Miami Dolphins report, exclusively on a big old radio show. All righty. How you feeling, my man? How was your flight? Very smooth. Huh? On, on time, very smooth. Beautiful thing. Is it, it, is it snowing over there? So I know no, I'm headed more. out at 4 o'clock. Not at all. It's actually warm, but it's, it's kind of – it was raining when I got here. Uh, as I'm looking outside, it's not raining, but the streets are wet, and uh, the high every day is in the 50s, and tomorrow it's in the 60s. Oh. 
Yeah, baby. Yeah, bringing that warm weather. Pretty you much. Know, I, was, I, I was talking about this because obviously you and I have been going there for years. And in the 20-something years that I've been going, uh, the one time, the best week ever was the Super Bowl week. I went there for the Super Bowl when they had it. And that whole week, dude, it was in the 50s to 60s. And everybody was freaking out like and, you know, they they brought out heat lamps to put all throughout the streets, you know, so when people are walking around, there are heat lamps all over and all that. And it was like one of those things like people were walking around like, wow, dude, this is like super comfortable. And and, you know, in, in early February for it to be that way in Indianapolis is crazy. So and they just had like what some winter systems go throughout the entire northern part of our country, man. Like they got snowing in, it was snowing in Pasadena on Sunday for Christ. I know, dude. I know. And as yeah. and here it's like it's balmy almost. It's it's weird. It's wacky. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of uh what what we're headed with. Uh, all kinds of extremes now with uh the mm -hmm. changes in our climate, unfortunately. But you know, it's just like what we're watching all over the world, man. It is crazy shit uh that goes on. All right, let's uh let's get into it. Um, by the way, you know, somebody was asking me now about about uh, uh, about the video that they had of uh, Mac Jones being scolded and that it might have affected him and all that in his play. And then somebody says, can you imagine him going through what Tua had to go through with Flores? And and I said, I think people don't realize or or at least appreciate the kid's mental toughness. Because you watch him come back from all these injuries. And then you think about that moment where he doesn't want him on the field and he's staying with, with Brissett in the Ravens game. And then he gets injured. And so now the kid goes out there on the field. And here's a coach that doesn't believe in you, didn't want you in the first place. So you got to go out there and you go out there and you start balling. And you ball to the point that you force the coach to say, hey, uh, yeah, Jacoby, stay there. We're going we're gonna to stay with it. Uh, I, I don't, you know, and we see what he has to go through now. He's trying to do the judo and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if people really appreciate the mental toughness that that kid possesses because he is. I know physically the durability is an issue, but mentally the kid is as fearless as it gets. Okay. You don't believe me? You don't You don't agree with me? I don't have a, I don't have a strong opinion. I, I, this this whole notion of like, I mean, let's not make it sound like Flo like Flores was like screaming at him day and night. There was reported one incident at halftime of the Tennessee game when, let's be honest, who was playing like dog shit. And mm -hmm. my guess is Flores told him in very very uncertain terms, "You're playing like dog shit." Not the first coach who's ever done done that. The reports I saw from from New England is. Part of their issue, and this could apply to two as well. Part of their issue is they don't want the coaches to go crazy on Mac Jones because Mac Jones is one of those who, who is emotionally all over the place, gets crazy high, crazy low. If he's playing like shit, he's gonna get crazy low. So it doesn't it doesn't need the coaches to pound on him. Two was a guy who's very hard on himself. No, he doesn't need the coaches to pound on him. No, um, no. And he's, and he's but pretty, it comes with the territory. You have to have a men, you have to have mental toughness to play the position. Otherwise. You're not going to last. Uh, right. Right. And, and I think he's proven that over and over again, even when he comes back through, you know, the concussions and everything else. I think that that's one thing that I appreciate about that kid. That, that's why I always give him a fighting chance. 
because I know that mentally he's not going to quit. He's not going to be, you know, um, what like Carson Wentz is a perfect example of a guy that maybe is not a mentally tough person, doesn't handle adversity very well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, he got himself Adam Beasley in the house saying, saying hi. There we go. Um, yeah, I lost my train of thought here. Uh, that's how easily I get flustered. No, he, uh, no, and he's he's going. Adam Beasley's gonna... Adam Beasley's you know beauty will do that to people. You know what I mean? It's kind of like watching Jimmy Garoppolo walk by Adam Beasley, Jimmy Garoppolo, and I get it. You you it kind of takes the yeah, breath yeah, out yeah, of yeah. you. That must be that must be what it is. That must be that's what it is. That's what it is. No, no, Tua is going to Tua is going to succeed above and everything else because of his accuracy and because of his of the, the timing and you know getting things done on time. Um, so. Somebody was asking me about, is this the year that the Dolphins draft the running back high in the draft? And I kind of am thinking that, no, there's no way that that happens. One, because that's not their, not Chris Greer's MO, but then that's the obvious one. But the other one is, I think last year we kind of saw it, right? Chase Edmonds, a veteran back, came in and did not, you know, adapt. Miles Gaskin got leaped over your boy, Salvan Ahmed, because Salvan Ahmed obviously knew the system and was very comfortable in it. I think you also risk in drafting a young guy, and you're going to need him because you saw with Jeff Wilson and Mostert, you're going to have to count on that third guy. So if he's going to battle Salvan for that third spot, Scott, you're also risking a guy that may not be able to adjust quickly and then you've got another Chase Edmonds situation in your hands. And that third guy has to be able to adjust quickly to the offense like Salvan Ackman. So that's why I don't think they even risk taking a rookie early on in this draft in the second or third rounds. Your, your thoughts on that? Well, to me, it's not about system fit. And I don't think Savan Ahmed leapfrogged Miles Gaston because he was more familiar with the system. I think he leapfrogged him because he's got a higher ceiling. He's more athletic. Okay. My, Miles is is Miles is very dependable. He's very solid. You know what you're going to get, but the upside is limited. Savan Ahmed may be more likely to try to make something out of a run that's not there and lose four yards. Whereas if there's two yards to be had, Gaskin's going to get two yards, but he's going to get two yards. If there's two yards to be there, Ahmed could turn it into eight yards, or he could make it a four yard loss. That to me is why Ahmed leapfrogged. Um, the other issue is this is not a running back dependent scheme. Hence, no need to be spending premium uh, assets, whether it be draft capital or salary cap space, on a running back. Great point. Great this, point. Is why, this is why it's always by committee. To me, I've said all along, I wouldn't be floored one bit if they resign Ahmed, if they resign Wilson, if they resign Mostert. I, I think that the top two guys for sure are coming back. I'm with you there. I think they're going to bring back. Wilson and Mostert for sure. They made a good one-two punch, actually. I think if you improve the line, they get even better, actually. If if that left guard and the right tackle is solved, I think your backs will look even better than they did last year. But and, and if, even look at the numbers last year. Their running game, I think, in yards per carry was actually middle of the pack. Yeah. It, 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 was, it was fine. The thing is, they, they didn't stick with the run very much. And and part of it is because their two best players on offense are Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. Um, 
and it makes no sense to have a run-oriented offense when you have all that speed outside. And then maybe at times the short yardage uh, running wasn't particularly good, but how much of that was the backs? How much of that was the offensive line? So, I'm, I'm with you there. All right. What are you? Uh, what do you think the Dolphins, outside of the Underwear Olympics, are trying to accomplish this week here at the Combine? Well, I mean, it's as with every combine, I'm sure they're talking to agents, laying the groundwork and talking about their own, their own free agents, trying to see if, if they're going to re-sign guys. I'm sure they're going to have conversations with Christian Wilkins' agent. I'm sure they're going to have conversations with Drew since he represents 10 players, including Zach Sealer. Robert Hunt's another one is going to be in line for an extension at some point because he's entering the last year of his contract and he's a keeper. Um, thing with him is kind of the same with, with Zach Sealer, and I haven't looked at Hunt's number uh, recently, but I don't think he makes a ton of money in the fourth year of his rookie deal as a second-round pick. So the idea of extending him is to make sure you keep him more so than to create salary cap space, unlike Wilkins, where it serves two purposes. Um, as far as evaluating the prospects, look, the Dolphins don't have a first-round pick. Um, so you're know, looking so not necessarily for – the, the glamour guys and they're certainly if we're talking running backs they're certainly not looking at Bijan robinson from texas who will be long gone um you know if they're getting a corner they're certainly not looking at joy porter's kid who's going to be gone in the first round so you know looking more for depth guys and udfas hopefully you know that you can unearth a couple more gems like kate or kohu let me ask you something um tell us about how the dolphins stole fangio away from the Denver Broncos and Sean Payton. You saw the headline, huh? Yeah, uh, Sean Payton. Who, by I read the, the story. I read the story, okay. but I don't want to like. I want you to tell the story. No, it's actually it was very cool. Sean Payton, was, Sean Payton actually the the media sessions with the coaches at the podiums were supposed to start at 10 a.m. Sean Payton started early and kept going and going and going, uh, and then he was asked about all of the the guys that he interviewed for defensive coordinator, and he mentioned Vance Joseph, who ultimately got got the job. Rex Ryan, Sean Desai, who we didn't know but wanted to talk to him because he's a, like a brilliant young guy who actually, you know, somebody the Dolphins that targeted as well. Uh, and then he mentioned Vic was part of the plan, but you guys scared him away. When he said you, at the, at the immediate time, I, I thought he meant the media. And then later on, it flashed back as it does. Right? So, and then I followed up. I was like, see, so you mentioned Vic. Uh, what kind of ex extended discussion did you have about him joining you this year? And who, who, what are the Dolphins getting in, as, in him as a coach? And that's where he mentioned he, that the part of the plan all along was for them to coach together. And he said it was a unique situation that made it tough to go back here, here meaning Denver, because remember Fangio was fired by the Broncos in 2021. So it, I can see where it would have been very uncomfortable for Fangio to go back and coach some players uh, who may not have made, who may or may not have had his back in 2021 at the time he was let go. And but Peyton said he tried and he tried and he tried and I couldn't couldn't get him to join him. And eventually, Fangio, as we know, joined the Dolphins. And Peyton obviously raves about uh, Fangio, basically pointing out not a coincidence, but half the league runs of the quote unquote Fangio defense. Okay. All right. So, but but in scaring him, he. He meant say that again. How? What did he mean by? I think I think it was it was a little it was a little joke with the media, saying that maybe they made his life so tough or they 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 
maybe oh, they in pretty, Denver. In, in Denver, Denver, when he said here, they, he meant Denver. He didn't mean Indianapolis. That, that, that's see. when he used the word here, but I, I think in retrospect, it's clear he meant Denver. Um, they do. They 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 have a very passionate fan base. They do. They have a very dedicated media to the Broncos. I mean, like the Broncos get some sick ass coverage mm-hmm. in, in 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 Denver. Actually, I don't think people realize how fanatical people are in that part of the country about their Broncos. Like super fanatical. I remember, in fact. I remember when Marvez used to work. Remember Marvez used to work there. Correct. And, and Marvez would show me a paper back in the day when he was working there. And the, the, the sports page in those days, oh, my God, dude. It was like a magazine that would come out every day about the Broncos. Mm-hmm. You know, but I don't know how – I'm sure everything's been trimmed it's changed, down. Yeah, it's changed. Because, unfortunately, the damn business – what a shame, bro. Uh, to me, the newspaper business was – not that I'm a newspaper writer, but I think it's one of them. That's the one that I appreciated the most out of all of it, because those are the people that are there every freaking day following every single thing. And it just is better for the, 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 the fan. I think the beat writer is, is the best. And so, uh, you know, it's just, wow, it, it's, imp- it's impressive. And so I can, I can understand where they kind of went after him and why would he want to go back? Even though everything has changed, right? Ownership, Peyton's right. running the show. So he kind of had, you know, he would have had his way and all that stuff, but I guess he didn't want to have to deal with all that. And I, I don't know how much he would admit that he's also, you know, in, on this side, he's got his family in Philadelphia and his mom in Florida. So I don't know how much he really would admit that that also had to do with a big portion of why he's here, I would imagine. No, 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 absolutely. certainly the possibility. And there, there are a lot of factors involved. And, and the, the other interesting aspect is Vance Joseph also was a former head coach with the Broncos, um, you know, That's before right. fan, before Fangio. And I think the thing with, with, with Joseph is his exit from Denver, I think might've been smoother than Fangio's maybe. Uh, and, and I think, I think maybe the fandom and the media were, softer on Joseph who maybe didn't have quite the town level. Did Vance leave after, after inter- interim head coach or did he no, leave he, after head coach? He was head coach for two years with the Broncos. That's right. After, okay. after he left the Dolphins. Sure. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's how it went. I was wondering, was it interim or was it head coach? And I wasn't, no. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of forgetting there. Uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you, um, and, and somebody brought this up, and I think I think it's a really, really important uh, position and an extreme need for the Dolphins. Not to the extent of a linebacker or or a two-way tight end or a tackle, maybe. I get those are – but I think something you really need is a returner. I think you've got to find a way to get a returner on this team. And maybe it's – that extra corner that you draft. Maybe it's a running back that we just talked about. That third running back is a specialist also at the same time. Maybe it's a receiver that will be your last receiver that is also a specialist. And I know that the return game has been trimmed down a little bit, but it's a real problem for the Dolphins. Like they didn't have anybody competent that at least can scare teams, especially on punt returns. 
I get it. Kick returns go through the end zone most of the time. But on punt returns, you'd like to have something that's a threat. How important do you think it is that Miami finds some kind of a threat in, in the return game? It's way down my list. And, and, and we've discussed this before because to me, I know. again, the, the big issue with the special teams is don't allow the big return. Okay, Accept the fact that even if you don't have many on your, of your own, uh, that, that's not to me. Give me a linebacker. Give me a, a good tight end. Give me a good dependable backup quarterback. Give me a good corner. I think safety. I think safety for some reason. I think we've we've kind of dismissed that Cover as a safety. potential. Well, correct because Brandon Jones not only isn't a, a great fit for this scheme, which requires more coverage from the safeties. He's also coming back from a torn ACL, and we don't right. know how that's going to go. And then you got Verone McKinley, who was a rookie free agent last year. Elijah Campbell showed promise, but he's not a proven guy in the least. So this is why. I threw out and then I, I was accused of like, well, every time a big name, you know, comes on the market, you're going to link him to the Dolphins. No, but when Jordan Porter says basically hey, stopping short of saying, I want to play for the Dolphins and can you consider the caliber if you can make the numbers work, obviously, and juggle yeah. the salary cap, obviously, I think the Dolphins would be crazy not to explore that possibility because the dude can play. Oh, yeah, no, of course. The dude can play, and he's durable, too. I know he missed a couple games this year, but you, you look at it, he's played right. the entire season every single year. All right, so I don't know if you'll be able to sign Jordan Poyer if you end up signing one of these guys. And there's a this is actually the, the, the Dolphins need a middle linebacker. Well, guess what? This is the year to need a middle linebacker mm -hmm. because – there's a shit ton of middle linebackers there in are. free agency. Yep. So let me throw out some names. You are now Chris Greer. Okay. So you get to put on the hat. What is that logo? It's, he it's, has a, on? It's, a, it's some kind of golf hat. It's a golf hat, right? I believe. Yeah. I forgot the logo, but it's always the same logo. I don't know what it is, but he wears that same logo. So now you've got that logo hat, whatever the hell it is. And we throw out Jermaine Pratt, Bobby Wagner, Tremaine Edmonds, Levante David, and David Long Jr., and even the white kid over in Philadelphia. Give me who is the guy that Chris Poupart signs? Well, here's the thing, though. His financial considerations are going to come into play because if they don't, Tremaine Edmonds would be my guy, but he's going to be expensive. Um, and this is where cost-effectiveness comes into play. I don't know how cost-effective he is, but I'm a big fan of his game. Um, if you're looking for cost effectiveness, I, I think Levante David could be had at a decent price, especially if he, if he's willing to do the hometown discount to come back to Miami. Um, I like, I like White's game. He's to me being a nice under the radar signing. And I think it would be more cost effective. Uh, I don't necessarily, to me, I don't need, and again, it can be coupled with, if you tell me I can have Poyer and, Kaiser White or Edmonds, but nobody at safety or or a much lesser player, I think I'd go the other way around, you know. Give me give me White and Poyer as a combo, but purely middle they linebacker. Need, they need a middle linebacker badly on this team. Yeah, but badly. how much are, the question is how much are we willing to pay for Tremaine Edmonds? Well, I I, I would go Bobby Wagner. That way I, you I, don't I, sign a long term deal and you have zero problem year. with that. Year, year or two, and he, man, I didn't. I, I, he had a 
great freaking mm-hmm. year last year. He didn't have a good year. He had a great year last year. My God, he was good. And he can rush the passer. He got like six sacks last year. Career, career high. A career high. Had like four interceptions and obviously had his 4,000 tackles like he has, you know, every single year. And I don't think that's a big deal. I think that's a two. That's a Chris Greer two-year special. Because, you know, again, you've got the hat on. You know that you love to sign people to two-year contracts. You love working right. at two-year angle. With the avoidable think, years. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, I think he does that kind of stuff, you know. Plus the second year is one that he can play with if he wants to extend it another year and, 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 and push back some money and all that kind of stuff. So I know the game they're playing, which is really smart on their part. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things. You don't have to give them a four- or five-year contract like you would have to give Edmonds because the big-ass signing bonus is coming with it and all that stuff. Correct. No, that, that's why, again, if you, if it, that's why I preface it by saying if you remove all financial considerations, Edmonds would be my top choice. If you, if you don't, as you said, no, I, I like the Bobby Weiner idea. Um, again, it's going to take some gymnastics to bring in one or more of those guys because uh, they do have a lot of work to do. All right, they're going to be cleaning out uh, now. They're going to be cleaning out the uh, roster. They're going to be reworking deals, all of that. We know Byron Jones is gone. We know that Mike Isicki is gone. Is there a surprise cut that we're not thinking of, that you're thinking of, that I don't think people realize that this guy may get cut? Is there a name that you can give us? Yes, yeah, the same name I've given you that it wouldn't, necessarily shock me that's Jerome Baker who's got a okay. pretty high cap number I don't know that he's a great fit for this scheme I don't know that he's played up to the contract extension he got I mean he's been a solid player I don't think he's been an he had a good year last year. last year was a good year for him it was it was for him he's, for him it's a, yeah it's got a lot of tackle numbers I, I don't there are a lot of times I don't feel him and you look in the box score after after the game and the game book, and he's got eleven tackles, and you're like, "Where'd those come from?" You know, uh, he's not somebody that I, know, I would say that I've really felt. Um, so if you if you're asking me for one guy I could see who's kind of a bigger name, he's the one that really jumps out at me. All right, follow him on Twitter at Poopart NFL. Catch him twice a week here doing the EJDconstruction.com, Miami Dolphins report. Of course, catch all of his work there at Sports Illustrated, alldolphins.com. See, you would, if you would bookmark it this morning, you would have gotten the story. Find out how the Dolphins stole Vic Fangio from Sean Payton's ass right there. See, you would have found out the scoop with poop. Ha! There you, there go. you go. Follow him on Twitter at Poopart NFL. Alan, as always, appreciate you, my brother. We'll see you. Uh, I don't know, maybe tonight. I don't know. You're gonna have. To, yeah. By the way, I arrive around seven, so maybe, uh, maybe we can get a, go see a little uh, Oki. I can be there by the second period or something like that. Let's keep in touch. All right, you got it, my brother. Be good. I'll talk to you later. There you go, Alan Poopart. And when we talk about EJD construction, look, a lot of our listeners in Dater Broward County have called Eric, and they are fixing all kinds of things. And I tell you, Dater Broward, 305-433-4843. And we've got one listener that had a unfortunate fire in their, in their home. 
They had they had to remediate everything, gut it all out. That's what remediate is. You gut everything out, right? And you make it all anew. And that's exactly what they're doing. Uh, we had a listener a couple months back that built a observation deck on top of their house. We had another listener that built an extension to their house. They had to, they built two rooms actually because of some consolidation family-wise, whatever it was. Uh, we got a listener that built a big old shed in the back. It's not like a tiki hut. It's different because it has like these kind of things, these panels. It's different. But under, it was a full kitchen, barbecue, grease trap. The point is, it's custom home construction, major home remodeling, okay? And actually, we have a listener that, uh, I, I don't know when they're starting to work, but they're like modernizing the kitchen. I talk about that all the time. So there's all different kinds of things that you can do with EJD Construction. Also, we've got listeners calling EJD Construction because they're trying to renew their insurance policies. And now they're finding out that, oh, wait a minute, your house is older than 20 years. Your roof is not up to code anymore. You need to upgrade it. EJD Construction can upgrade that roof. So if you live in Dater, Broward County, please call Eric right now. I'm giving you the owner's personal cell number, 305-433-4843. Shell Construction in-house, that's how they keep the cost down. They pass on the savings to you. They're fully insured, liability and workers' comp. So if somebody gets hurt on your property, nobody's going to sue you because they're fully insured. And listen, if you don't hire EJD Construction and you want to hire somebody else, that's your right. But I just want to give you advice as a friend. Whoever you do hire, make sure, like EJD Construction, they are fully insured. Because if somebody gets hurt on your property, you will get sued. 305-433-4843. Go to the Instagram page. You can see a lot of the before and after work. And it'll be impressive. EJDconstruction.com. You've been listening to the EJDconstruction.com Miami Dolphins Report with Sports Illustrated's Alan Poupart. For additions, home remodeling, and custom work, call Eric at 305-433-4843. EJDconstruction.com is your custom home builder and general contractor you can trust. 305-433-4843. All right, all right, all right. Appreciate all of you out there, as always, keeping it locked here. Uh, what else do we have? Dang. Uh, tuned in late. You're never late, bro. You can rewind. So it's, uh, it's a beautiful thing about technology now. You actually get to just rewind there on YouTube, and you can check it out. And there you go. And eventually it all get podcasted by Sean Stanley. It'll also get spliced up on video and different parts of it. And you can, uh, and you can check it out. Cruz uh, Ruiz says, Poopart, if you truly believe flow was an anti tool, then explain bringing in a retired OC to install an offense catered to the 35 plus year old backup. Is that a head coach behind your young QB? It's, um, you know, what can I tell you? Uh, you can, uh, see it hurt so much for poop to say anything good about Tua. <laughs> uh, oh man. Bring back Jakeem Grant. Yeah. He's under contract. Unfortunately. Uh, remember folks, you can also make a donation to cash app or Venmo 
at Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show to Cash App or Venmo. Uh, what else do we have to talk about? Good job by the Heat last night, defeating the Sixers, 101 to 99. Panthers and Lightning tonight, huge game. Every game is enormous for the Panthers because they are falling deeper into the abyss with these losses. And this is a lot to ask now because they are not even close to the Lightning as a team. You know, last year we could argue with that firepower, they could hang there with the Lightning and beat them. This year they don't have the firepower. They don't really have great goal goaltending. Uh, I, you know, this uh, this whole Maurice Paul Maurice hire has been an absolute disaster. It's almost like it, it it's like they it's like they destroyed everything that they just built. Basically, what a shame, man! Seven o'clock tonight, Panthers and Lightning. Crazy stuff. Uh, by the way, remember, Nature Bee's got a great deal going on right now for 100 days, over three months, $85. That's it. 200 cap supply for $85. That's 85 cents a day for over three months. You will get the protection that I've been getting for 20 years now, 20-plus years. I think it's 21 already now. Man, highlighting libido, boosting that immune system in a virus-filled world, allergy relief. Fuller hair, stronger nails. Ladies love that. Muscle recovery, added energy. Two, four o'clock in the afternoon, you got that uh, I'm running out of gas, and you're gonna go, "Wow, I got all this energy now. I feel good." And that's the that's the beauty of Nature B, folks. That's why I've been taking it for over 20 years. It's all natural, so it's great for kids. It's great for adults. And let me tell you something. The amazing part about plant pollen is, and, and you do this with any other capsule, break it up and try to taste that. You don't want to do that, right? Because that would taste terrible. Go go break up one on Nature B. Split it up and put it in your mouth, and you're going to go, wow, it doesn't taste bad. All natural plant pollen, man. Not made in some lab or anything. It comes straight from clean, green New Zealand and from Mother Nature. That's why the kids can take it. That's why the adults can take it. You can't OD on it. You only take two capsules a day. But if somebody goes crazy and takes 20, not going to do anything except give you some heavy-ass protection now because you've taken 20 of those Nature B. And we're going to give you a free Manuka Honey Lip Balm for free. When you order right now, go to naturebee.com slash big O. Naturebee.com slash big O. 85 cents a day for a 200-cap supply. That's 100 days of protection. Take it. Believe in it. You're going to love it naturebee.com all right let's get ready for our number three on the program if you got any questions or comments send them in uh you uh, want to make a donation you want to send in a question a comment an insult uh by donation you can do that at cash app or venmo at cash big o show that is cash big o show on cash app or venmo sean stanley is mastering this program like he masters the entire platform every single day. Our number three of the program is next. This podcast replay is brought to you by Caneswear.com. For all your Canes, Dolphins, and Heat needs, visit them at 2511 South University Drive in Davie. Free shipping with online orders over $99. Go to Caneswear.com at Miami Fanware. That's the spot where South Florida fans shop. 
are back. Thank you all for tuning in to hour number three of the program. Appreciate you. Heat will be uh, back in action tomorrow against the Sixers. Tonight, Panthers and Lightning. Got all kinds of uh, things going on locally. Uh, what else do we have going on that I uh, wanted to talk about? How about the how about the Buffalo Bills? You know, um, this is a good time to be a Dolphins fan. It's a really good time to be a Dolphins fan. I don't care what anybody tells me. Listen, man, uh, I have absolutely annihilated the Dolphins for 20 years for all the stupid shit they've done. I've constantly said they're not going anywhere. Uh, and I've been right. 100% that I've been right about the lack of direction that they've had. I disagree with a lot of people that have been riding the negative wave. I think you do have a really good front office. I think you finally found a coach, actually. I think last year was all about bad luck more than anything else. This team would have been able to compete against anybody if it would have been healthy. I really believe that. And they've played they played the bills like they've never played them this era of the bills this this bills team this dolphins team the last few years under josh allen everything that's gone on the dolphins have been their bitch they've been dominated and in those three games they played them like they could have won all three of them they almost beat the Bills with a bunch of backups in the playoffs. And Skylar Thompson, a young quarterback, put in a really difficult position. And he hung in there. Everybody else hung in there. And they almost had a chance to win that game. Really, if Mike McDaniel makes, you know, some better calls and all that stuff and gets uh, the call in on time, maybe they win that game. And you haven't seen the Dolphins this close to this Bills team. They have looked like they have been miles apart from this Bills team for a few years, right? And that's where that's changed, actually. And so for me, I think right now, if you're a Dolphins fan, this is a really good time because now Josh Allen's contract kicks in. You're seeing that they're going to start losing players like Tremaine Edmonds and others that they're not going to be able to re-sign. They've kind of had their run under the non-Josh Allen contract. Now the Josh Allen contract is going to start to kick in, and now it's a lot of money because you're also paying Stephon Diggs and you're paying a couple other guys, so it becomes really expensive. So now the Jordan Poyers are gone and, and the Tremaine Edmonds could be gone and all that. So all of a sudden, you're not as good. And the Dolphins can only get better going into next season because if they get healthy – they're better. If they add certain pieces, they're better. If they add Vic Fangio, which they did, they're better. So there's a lot of things to look forward to with the Dolphins. Again, I don't care what the negative people want to say, what they want to hang on to. You all can kiss my ass. Okay? I love what the Dolphins, the position that the Dolphins are in right now. And they've cut that gap between the Bills and the Dolphins. And that gap's going to be completely cut off. And who knows? Maybe the Dolphins can jump them now. Because if you're going to lose players and Miami will be able to add some players and add a defensive coordinator, and guess what? 
the Bills just lost their defensive coordinator in Leslie Frazier. So not only did they lose in the playoffs, not only have they underachieved considering how what they're what they're thought of and looked at in this conference, right? Now you're not going to be a better team next year because you're going to lose players. And you're not a better team because you're losing a very good defensive coordinator in Leslie Frazier. I wouldn't want Leslie Frazier as my head coach, just like I don't want Wade Phillips as my head coach. But I certainly want him as my defensive coordinator. You know what I'm saying? I want Norv Turner as my offensive coordinator. Don't want him as my head coach. It's the way it goes. But Leslie Frazier needs to take away, take a year away from football. That's some news that came in this morning. So now the Bills have to go out and get themselves another defensive coordinator to run that defense. And will he be better than Leslie, Leslie Frazier? Probably not. Will he be equal to Leslie Frazier? Probably not. There's a good chance he might be a lesser defensive coordinator than Leslie Frazier. And maybe they hire from within somebody that's been learning under Leslie. I don't know. But I can tell you this. I see the Dolphins getting better. If the Dolphins can get a couple of breaks and keep some people healthy, all of a sudden, the AFC East could be led by the Alquin Orange by the end of the 2023 season. Good time, a really good time to be a Dolphins fan because I see that stock climbing. I see the Bills stock declining. Enjoy. Fins up. Uh, oh, do you mess with the Beastie Boys? Of course. Shake your ump. Yeah, baby. Let's go. Love it. Love Beastie Boys. I mean, it's uh, it's un-American not to love Beastie Boys. Uh, I tried inviting some NFL referees on a fishing trip, but didn't have didn't have enough rigged fishing rods to accommodate everybody. Ah. Chuck Cooper says, I thought you were coming to Indy today, Big O. Wish we could meet up again while you're here, but I can't afford to comp you at St. Elmo's. Uh, we'll meet on Thursday around 5, 6 o'clock. I'm going to – I'll tell you what sports bar tomorrow when I do the show. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll look for a sports bar around, and I'll pick one there in downtown Indy, and we'll meet uh, tomorrow around 5, 6 p.m. We'll do that or Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. We'll do it Thursday, five to 6 p.m. So we'll talk about it tomorrow on the show. And then Thursday, anybody that lives in the Indy area, come on down to uh, the downtown area between five or six. We'll we'll talk about it. Maybe we'll meet like at five thirty, six o'clock. That way, wh whoever's working gets a chance to get out of work and and come on over to the downtown area and meet us. So we'll be there. So those of you that live in the Indy area. Tomorrow, we'll talk about where we'll meet on Thursday between about 5.30. We'll do it at 5.30. That's it. All right? There you go. So I'll be there tonight. I'm looking forward to it. 
Isn't Sean McDermott a defensive head coach anyways? Yeah, but you don't really want – it's not really the ideal situation. You want somebody running the defense. I mean, that's why he hired Leslie Frazier. You know, if, if, if even if he's a defensive mind, you still want to be a head coach and handle everything, okay? So when Stefan Diggs is getting emotional, you can go talk to him. Know what I'm saying? You got it. You got to. It's the best way to do things, really. That's why the McDaniel thing is going to be very important to see how he handles it next year, because he didn't do a really good job of of handling being a head coach and being the offensive coordinator. It's a lot to ask for a veteran coach, a, a, a rookie coach to do that. Man, that's a challenge. That is a huge challenge. Ragin says, hello, everybody. Wow, everything is going the Finns' way now. It will be. Maybe the Bills can get Vic Fangio as their new defensive coordinator. Oh, wait, we got him. Favorite song from License to Ill. Ah, checking, set a stage on the mic, and we're putting it on wax. It's the new style, four and three and two and one. And when I'm on the mic, I get things done. Like my headphones falling. There you go. Is that good for you? I answered the question with the rap. What else do we have going on? Oh, yes. I forgot. Um, Do you see LeBron is out for several weeks? Not that, you know, don't look at the... But the look on my face, like I'm enjoying this or whatever, you know, any kind of suffering. I I would never want LeBron to suffer at all. Uh, LeBron apparently has a right foot injury and he'll be out for several weeks. The Lakers are 12th in the conference. They're 29 and 32. Okay. I know they've won three in a row right now, but I'm just thinking about this and going, yeah, this is, uh, I know. The more he can suffer, the better the better life is. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I just thought of that. It's It'll be good to watch the Lakers out of the playoffs after making those trades and everything. You know, and, you know, street clothes is a guy that can't be counted on as it is. They got their little break in the bubble. You know, you realize that since LeBron left Miami, he got the break of the suspension with the Warriors. And then he got the break against the Miami Heat that Bam and and um, what's it called? Uh, Dragon got injured. Just saying. Just saying. That's all. It's all right. But anyway, out for several weeks now. Will that put a uh, a dent into the chances for the Lakers to make the playoffs? I think so. Yeah, I think that's what's going to end up happening. 
Oh, LeBron James missing some time. Oh, 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 is me. By the way, the great people at Cutter's Edge Pro, proud sponsor of our program, 954-472-0622. And we love talking about Will and Mike. Uh, and I, I got to thank them because it was one of the best decisions we made in redoing our house on the outside it looks completely different obviously the value of our home has also you know gone up but the praise happens every single day people walking by people that drive into the cul-de-sac we're the first house in the cul-de-sac so they see it all the time and they compliment us all the time and they thank us because it's the first house that goes into a cul-de-sac, so the impression that you get. And that's thanks to the great people at Cutter's Edge Pro. Go to cutter, cuttersedgepro.com. Go to the website. Better yet, go to the Instagram page, Cutter's Edge Pro, and you will see there all of the different work that they've done. If you see a house that has a putting green on the side of the house, that's my house there because uh, we, we got a putting green on it and the artificial turf for the dogs is the greatest invention on on mother earth i mean it, it's just absolutely fantastic so if you're looking for outdoor lighting irrigation artificial grass and the other thing is i love being in the backyard now whereas the backyard was a nuisance it was just for the dogs to go back there do their business then you worry about them coming back in and bringing in mud or whatever. And if it was, you know, it just rained or whatever, and the dogs have to go, they got to go. You, know, you let them out and then they come back and there's footprints all over the house. When you have artificial turf, you're not bringing any dirt, any mud, any grass, nothing. Super easy to maintain and you're saving thousands in the long run. Why? Because you're not cutting the grass every 10 days and you're not watering the lawn all the time. It's nuts here in South Florida. You spend a lot of money doing that. Well, with artificial grass, that takes it all out, man. I'm telling you, go go call Will or Mike, 954-472-0622. Tree trimming and removals. I don't want you doing it yourself, getting up on big old ladders and roofs and all that and putting yourself at risk. By the way, they are fully insured. So when they go to work in your home and anybody gets injured, you are not getting sued. Remember what I told you about EJD? Well, Cutter's Edge Pro is the same way. In fact, I would not have a company on here, on this platform, if they're not fully insured, because that's not fair to you. I'm not setting you up for some kind of lawsuit. Landscape design, outdoor lighting. We've got all kinds of lights. We can change the lights depending on what's going on, on a Dolphins win, a Heat win, a Panthers win, you know, uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, those kind of things. We can change the lighting, Christmas, Halloween, you name it. It's pretty cool, man. Go check it out. Cutter's Edge Pro, synthetic turf, irrigation design and build. You're going to love it. They do it for HOAs. They do it for business. They do it for condominium complexes. They do it for homes. Please call them. Cutter's Edge Pro, 954-472-0622, Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. And tell them that Big O sent you. Big O, please don't be hating on the Lakers. Nah, I'm not hating on the Lakers. I just hate on LeBron. That's all. I just hate on LeBron and you guys happen to sign him. So since you happen to sign him, I'm going to be making fun of LeBron James. That's all. So the fact that he's injured, poor baby. The fact that he's not going to make the playoffs again, poor baby. 
I still think he does better if he stays here, but whatever. Whatever. Big O, how much of an impact do you think Tua's new training on how to fall will have? I think it will help. I think it will help. As I've said many times over, I took judo for a few years, uh, and it's helped me throughout my life. In moments that I have lost my balance and I'm falling, I know how to fall. And I usually know how to break the fall. Now, is it going to work every single time? No. It's not going to work every single time. That's the problem. You know? And and that's the that's the sad part about it. Is that it's not going to work every single time. But it will help. And it helps all of us. Um I think it would help you, me, everybody to take some kind of classes like that because we're all going to fall. And it's a, it's a, it's a way of learning. Now, remember, there are times that you're going to be off balance and you're not going to be able to, you know, protect yourself. And that, that could happen to any of us, including two, of course, playing an incredibly dangerous game like football, but is it going to help? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And maybe also it'll help him even when he knows he's going to get hit, how to brace for it too at the same time. So let's hope, let's hope um, he just learns how to get rid of the football early. Pat McAfee just got served papers on Sunday from Brett Favre. You heard the story. It's fun. Yeah, I heard it. It's, I mean, I don't know why Brett Favre would want to do this. I really don't understand this. He's not very smart. Okay, but then again, there's a guy who sends penis pics. You know, there's Jen Sturger, and she's getting penis pics from the guy. So he's not really a bright dude as it is. Uh, he's kind of stupid. And there are texts and everything that incriminate him. That, I mean, I know about this entire story. I've talked about it. And he's going to have to talk about everything. And they're going to bring up all kinds of stuff to question his character. And there are things that you and I don't know about Brett Favre. Guess what? Pat McAfee's lawyer, is, lawyer and investigators, they're going to find out a lot of that stuff. And he's going to have, because it's all going to go on character. And so they're going to prove what kind of a shady character he is. And all the things that he's done. And why should we believe you? when you're constantly lying, when you deceive, when you do this, and they're going to do this example and that example and this example. So all of this, I don't know why he would want to do this. I don't get this at all. But if he wants to do it, go ahead. I bet there's a lawyer that's going to represent McAfee for free. How do you like them apples? I bet you some really good lawyer called pat mcafee's agent or his agent knows somebody says hey you want to take the case you'll get a lot of great pub and if he can put brett Favre to shame and embarrass him that guy is going to get a lot of work from it so don't be surprised if pat mcafee is getting free law advice and representation from somebody high profile that says oh man i'll take this case on 
Uh, this is this is national publicity and advertising for me, and I'm not paying jack crap for it. So look out. Uh, oh, are, are you making fun of LeBron? That's it. I'm now flipping on the floor, acting like you hit me in the mouth and complaining to everybody around me. Ah, <laughs> uh, Dougie. Um, let's see. Medellin Dolphins fan, Willie, says, Big O, did you jam out with Miami bass music in your car? Of course I did. Back in the day? For sure. 80s life taught me how to fall. <laughs> uh, Flipper says, oh, my 80-year-old mom on a walker refuses to take judo classes. Damn it, bro. Come on. She's got to take it. Uh, Big O, will there be any crypto shows this week? Yes, I will do crypto shows this week. It will probably be on Wednesday. Okay? I will probably do a crypto show. Uh, Big O, by chance, did you see the ambidextreet kid QB throw? Oh, yes, I did. The, the kid that throws right and left. Yes, I've seen him. Rolling left, rolling right, all that. I've seen him, yeah. Now, the question is, can he play the game? Can he read? Can he react? And all those kind of things. We can see he can throw, but can he be a quarterback too? You know what I mean? So that's the next step. But it is pretty cool, and I would, I, I'm not surprised that somebody – has learned to do it. You know what I mean? Like what we, what they've done with, with Otani, something I never expected, by the way, with Otani, I never really expected that you could get somebody to be that good of a pitcher and a hitter. Wow. Otani is a freak of all freaks, dude. Uh, if it wasn't for the movie, there's something about Mary. Brett Favre would have been non-existent. Uh, when will you do a vid with Dougie? I, I talked to Doug, uh, yesterday. Um, we are going to do a video sometime this week. I'll be an indie doing it, uh, with him. So yes, we will do something. Okay. So yes, that, that will go on. So you will be able to check that out. Don't forget, please to subscribe and hit the like button. And the notification bell, that way you know when we're uh, going on. So Damian Lillard scores 71 points in the NBA, then wants to drug test him. Why do we do that? Why do we have to do that? Why, why is wh It's not random then. The DK Metcalf stuff, don't tell me it's You know what I hate is that you're insulting my intelligence. We know it's not random, but you keep telling us it's random. And why? Because you rigged that whole J.J. Watt story on the NFL side. But it doesn't matter who you are, MLB, and, and NHL, NBA. You do something freakish, and all of a sudden, they want to test you. Scoring 71 is not freakish. It's Damian Lillard. Guy's a hell of a player. They don't have a lot on that team. They, they need him to score. So when Kobe scores 80 or Michael scores 65 or something, it's because they're really good at what they do, man. It's so insulting to just, God, dude. 
It's just ridiculous. Really is. And what a waste of a career for, for Damian Lillard that he has to actually play his entire career in that place and they can't build a championship team around him. What a shame, dude. What a shame. That that really sucks. Uh, by the way, when sports and business collide, we like doing something called the KSDTCPA Sports Business Report. All righty, all righty. How about baseball? They've got a new partner in crime for reselling tickets. Not that it's a crime. Just, you know, it's just a, a phrase. Relax out there. Mobile platform SeatGeek will now replace StubHub effective immediately as MLB's official reseller. Financial terms weren't disclosed, but industry sources tell Forbes that the deal is a revenue-sharing agreement that promises MLB roughly 100 million per year over five years. MLB clubs will have access to SeatGeek's data to help expand their customer base. MLB Chief Revenue Officer Noah Garden told Forbes that discussions with SeatGeek intensified last year and that MLB thoroughly examined SeatGeek's technology to ensure that the platform could handle the extra volume of users. Yeah, I know they're, they're flocking so many to baseball. Uh, we dug in and we're happy with what we found, Garden said. MLB's revenue was a record high, $10.8 billion for 2022 regular season, with attendance accounting for about 40%. The number of fans coming through the turnstiles has fluctuated because of coronavirus. MLB attracted 64.6 million fans last year, up from 45 million in the COVID phase in 2021, but down from 68 and a half million fans in pre-pandemic. Yeah, what they don't tell you is that attendance has gone down 14 straight years in baseball. That's what they don't tell you. Yeah. No revenues up. Yeah, no, you're charging more for what's like it's like um it's like movie tickets, you know? Oh, we've raised this much revenue, but did more people really go to see this one movie over Jaws? Or was it that Jaws you can go in for two dollars? You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, no, the, the revenue that, it, yeah, no, I know, I get it, but it's not really that maybe more people went to see the movie. No, no, no. They just paid 18 bucks to go to a movie, right? But maybe Jaws or Close Encounters of the Third Kind or the first Star Wars had actually more people going to see the movie than this movie, you know, that kind of stuff. But it's, it's funny. Oh, yeah, no, our revenue is, I mean, you know, it's because you're charging more and you're getting more from the people that do go through the turnstiles. Plus, you're also bringing in more TV revenue because now that the one thing I think will save baseball, by the way, is the pandemic. Because the pandemic showed you how important sports were. Everything else shut down, shows and movies and all that. They could not make those. Meanwhile, sports quickly got back on track again. And because TV revenue is so big, 
I, we tell you all the time, the fans are not important. That's why the NBA doesn't give a shit about its season ticket holders because they're getting their revenue from the TV deals. What comes in on the seats, bro, that's icing on the cake for them. That's chump change in their, in their ashtrays. So if players don't want to play half the season or a third of the season and you don't want to pay for season tickets anymore, they might be sounding like they're sorry, but in the end, they're like, we're getting our money anyways through TV deals. And the pandemic showed that they need programming. So not that we're going to have another pandemic. I hope we don't have another one for another 400 years. But if you have another one, and that's what they're looking at going, oh, my God, if we have another one and we don't have sports programming, that's going to hurt us because sports was able to adjust faster than the rest of life. So 162 games is programming. Okay. Even if it's not the most entertaining programming to the average American, it's still programming. So that, that will definitely help, but nice job by seat geek cutting a deal with MLB. That is your KSDT CPA sports business report. This has been the KSDT Sports Business Report. KSDT CPA is one of South Florida's largest and one of the country's fastest growing accounting firms. KSDT is recognized by Forbes as one of the top tax and accounting firms for 2022. KSDT CPA is a full service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit online at ksdtcpa.com or call 305-670-3370. Uh, Ragin's asking, Big O, have you talked about MLB's new rules at all? What do you think of them? I like them. I like them. Uh, I think um, I don't need them because I'm fine the way baseball is, but I get it. Attention spans really short. Baseball is slow and boring for the average American. Uh, that's why their fans are dying and they have very few new fans. Uh, that's why I was joking around about the DRL on Saturday night. There were more kids there than you have in 30 Marlins games combined. And that's the problem with Major League Baseball. And so young people don't have attention spans. So speeding up the game and they're doing it at the college level and the NF and the Major League Baseball level, I, I think I think it's cool. And I'm glad that they took away the shift. Also, um, I think it's weak that players can't hit to opposite fields. I think it's weak that they can't bun. I think it's weak that they don't really know how to manufacture runs. I, I think it's weak that they don't steal enough. There's a lot of stuff that just players aren't nearly as fundamentally sound as they used to be. And I don't know if this is going to help them to get to that area, but still um, I do like the rules. It does speed up the game and it's making it faster and you're cutting 15, 20, 30 minutes off games at times. I think that's very important. So and not, not that I need it, but they need it. They need it because they're, they're dying. Less and less people are interested in baseball and nobody really cares about talking about baseball following it. It's only in a couple cities in this country that have passion for baseball. Outside of that, it's dead everywhere else. Okay? It's just alive in a couple of cities. And that's because they spend money and they keep their teams in it. If it wasn't for that, it would be dead there too. You know? Uh, is it true that TV deals can help sustain the NBA, but eventually the lack of audience will catch up? No, the lack of audience will not. Well, it'll catch up if there's no ratings. Yeah, but butts in seats don't matter. 
That's not important. What's important is people watching on television. That's the important part because that's how you get your money. Yeah. You're not important, uh, those of you in the seats. Football, baseball, basketball, you're not important. Hockey, you are, but not in the other three sports because they live off of TV money. You're, the, 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 the seats are change in the ashtray for the billionaires. Literally, change in the ashtray for the billionaires. It's not money that makes them excited. The advertising money makes them exciting. The TV revenue makes them exciting. The streaming revenue makes them excited. Ticket revenue, that ain't shit for them, unfortunately. But it is what it is. What are you going to do? Uh, folks, uh, I'm out of here. I got to get I got to get to fly, flying out of here. So uh, I got a couple things left to prepare and get the hell out of here. So I'm going to wrap it up. We thank Manny Navarro. We thank Alan Pupar here on the show. We thank all of you for locking it in, tuning in, hitting the subscribe button, uh, hitting the uh, like button, all of that very important. Uh, don't forget, you can make a donation through Cash App or Venmo at Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show, Cash App or Venmo, Cash Big O Show. Appreciate all of you out there. We thank Sean Stanley, the man that masters this program every single day. We'll see you tomorrow. Same time, different place in Indianapolis for the Combine. Same channel. Have a great one.